0: Welcome to Nimmin Live, the number one place on the internet to learn about YouTube, network with other content creators, and have an awesome time doing it. My name is Nick, and today I'm answering your YouTube questions. So if you have a question about what it is that you're doing on YouTube, there's a form down in the description of this stream right now where you can get your questions answered. And if you get it in there now, it will get answered on the stream today. So get your question in there. And it, um, I, I want to let you know if you are watching this on the replay, that this stream is random in terms of, The information shared is 100% based on the questions asked during the stream. So because of that, we add timestamps here and through those timestamps, you can find anything that matters to you. Um, Those timestamps will be in the description or you can just kind of skim along the bottom of the video player right now, find the questions that are the best for you. In addition to that, um, you can watch this if you would like, or if you wanna listen to it in the background in podcast form, you can also find this um, on your favorite podcast network. And you can also find this inside of Apple music as well. If you just want the listening experience compared to the watching experience, you know, um, just because maybe you're exercising or maybe you're driving through town or something like that, you don't want to use up your mobile data. So because of that, you know, you do have those available also for everybody that's here right now um, and for the people that are going to be coming through the stream later, I do want to let you know that today's stream is brought to you by TubeBuddy, the number one tool for YouTube content creators. TubeBuddy helps you with all kinds of different things. It helps you test your thumbnails um, so that you can make sure the thumbnails that you're making are effective for the people you're trying to reach. They have bulk update tools, so when you need to, when you need to change things in your description, so for example, if you're one of the people that have removed uh, Canvas affiliate links from your descriptions um, or you want to because they you know, kind of took a dump on small creators, then in that particular case, um, you can use TubeBuddy's bulk update tool in order to do that. Um, they also have AI tools that will help you isolate shorts that you can share that are likely to get the best response and other AI tools that are on the way as well as a bunch of other things. they got like 90 different tools that'll help you out. But you can try that for yourself at TubeBuddy.com slash Nimmin and you can see what it can do for you and this stream is co-brought to you by StreamYard. StreamYard's the streaming tool that I use to stream this every Saturday at 9am Eastern and the reason that I use it is because it's easy. I can add graphics to the screen it holds my stream open in the cloud so I don't have to worry about if my stream goes down or something like that. I can just come back into my phone no big deal and I don't lose the audience when something like that happens. But to make it easy to bring on guests add graphics to the screen. They even record your stream in the background. So once your stream is complete, if you want to, you can download that you can cut it all up and edit it and make it into videos if you want to distribute across the internet as well. So you can try that at streamyard.com, and of course I'll get links to those and all kinds of additional things down in the description as well to help you out with your YouTube channel. With all that stuff out of the way, hope everybody's doing great. So today's stream, um, so my brother D and Daniel Batal are doing a channel review stream on the Streamyard channel here um, in a few hours. Because of that, you know I'm streaming here solo today, and D isn't with me. D, if you're watching, hope that you're doing fantastic and enjoying the uh, extra time today. <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, mods, for, uh, you know, keeping things under control. Super appreciate it, as always. So if you're just joining us, what we do um, here during the stream is we answer YouTube questions. So the questions are answered in the order that they come in. If I see, like, a really good question pop up in the chat, then, you know, sometimes I'll hop into that. Um, and just go ahead and you know get it answered right away. But the whole idea with this stream is to help demystify YouTube for you because I know that a majority of the people that interact with my content are people that are trying to figure this stuff out. But, you know, in transparency, we're all always trying to figure it out because it's in a constant state of evolution. But with a lot of new content creators interacting here, I just want you to, um, Make sure that you have some type of notepad open. So TubeSpanner has a notepad. If you're familiar with that, if not, you definitely need to check that out. We'll talk about that, I'm sure, sometime later in the stream as well. TubeSpanner.com, but they have a notepad. If you're watching from a computer, we can take notes during the stream. Um, but the reason I invite you to take notes, it can be in your phone, like whatever. Um, but the reason I invite you to take notes is because there's a lot of things that you're going to learn during the stream today, or a lot of information that's going to be shared. And because of that, it's great to be able to just kind of jot down any ideas that we happen to talk about that might resonate with you in some way to where you're like, yeah, you know what? I never really thought to look at that on my channel or, or something like that. So um, because of that, just make sure that you are, you know, taking notes and make sure that you are, you know, ready to learn something today about YouTube. Um, so what we're going to do is we're going to go ahead and jump right into the, um, right into the actual questions. But before we do, I just want to give a shout out to Doug Houston, um for holding down the chat today. Uh, Chantel Hills for holding down the chat as well. Thank you guys. Artist Haven, uh, nice to see you in the chat today. Amy Johnson Crow, nice to see you here as well moon over Miami. Nice to see you, Jerry I Hope everybody's doing fantastic. Hope you've had a great week, the Creator Classroom. Hope you're doing awesome as well but yeah, I hope everybody's doing great. So let's just go ahead and get into the, uh, content. What, what do you say about that? Cause we've been rolling for like five minutes right now. And, uh, I think it's time to, uh, get into the, uh, actual content that you came in here for. <laughs> so our very first question today is from Ernesto Esparza Jr. They do daily content, um, on their YouTube channel. They've been on YouTube for less than six months. Um, they have a gaming channel. The goal of the channel is to reach 50 subscribers. And the question is how do I post a link for my YouTube video if I only need more subs? So the idea, isn't posting a link to your YouTube video. Um, The whole idea with your YouTube channel is to let your videos grow organically and to do that so that people are, that are interacting with your content are the people that are, or that you want interacting with your content, the people that should be interacting with your content because of the general um, interest that they have. So because of that, you don't wanna look at any online communities as a place that you wanna go and like spam links and stuff like that. Instead, you wanna look at it like, okay, What can I do with my videos in order to help them get the best response possible? How can I make better videos? How can I make better thumbnails? How can I come up with better video ideas? Should I be using shorts to get in front of more new people? You know, like actually applying a strategy of some kind to your YouTube channel or at the very least just working on trying to make your videos better um, is is the steps that you want to take for that. So my Super Chat button, um, because I upgraded to the Rodecaster Pro 2 for whatever reason, this is not letting me update my um, firmware. Since it's not letting me update my firmware, I'm having trouble getting into it to add my sound effects. (laughs) I just realized this before our stream today. Um, So because of that, I don't have any of my sound effects for like members and Super Chats and all that stuff today. But... um, Thank you, uh, Artist Haven, for your support over 43 months. As I've gathered lots of notes and shared them freely. Thanks for all the info over the years. Thank you um, for the support over the years as well. Junior's uh, Place for the Love for Elvis. Thank you for the uh, super chat there. And Architectural Sheet Metal says, thanks for everything, Nick. Your advice has helped more than you know. Thank you for the kind words. Super appreciate it. And for your support over time as well. So um, the next question that we have here on the list, it's funny. Because I've, I've, like, I'm so used to now, like, I had this thing dialed in right before I started streaming over there with D. But now that I'm streaming over there all the time, like normally we have our banter beforehand. and gets me kind of warmed up. Normally he sets everything up for the stream. Um, so because of that, you know, I just have the basic stuff that I do on my computer. He does everything else. So like as the stream, you know, as it was coming time to do the stream today, I'm like running all over the place. I'm like, no, that light doesn't look right. And oh man, the roadcaster, I forgot to get the sounds in here. And I'm like, you know, running around like a chicken with my head cut off um, in here, uh, trying to get it all like ready to rock and roll. But I think we're good with the exception of the uh, sound effects. But I'm, uh, you know, looking for my stride here. (laughs) So the next channel name is Brave. Brave says they do Minecraft gaming content. You know what? Before we answer this question. So how many of you here um, watch Channel Makers? Just say me in the chat. Fear we go ahead and have this conversation here really quick. Um, so, two things that I want to bring to your attention. Um, first, and I forgot to add it to the video description. So, I'm going to go ahead and um, just grab it for you right now um, and drop it here in the chat. So, um, I know that that particular situation blindsided a lot of people. Um, you know, it kind of made it seem like, you know, the the YouTube, you know, help space, or at least some YouTube channels aren't necessarily like what they seem, things like that. At least that's the sentiment that I got off of Reddit, because I was in a new YouTubers group over there. And, you know, I was just reading through comments and, you know, people's response to that. And I was pretty surprising, you know, just to kind of see how things, you know, you know, rolled out over there. But the interesting thing is, in his particular case, he did, you know, he did mention that, you know, he was, you know, he was working with people and everything. We just didn't really know the capacity. Um, But the thing that I want to bring to your attention is Nate. For those of you that love Nate, right? Because you don't love channel makers. You love Nate, right? That's why you watch the content. Um, So Nate started another YouTube channel and he's still going to be doing YouTube related content and helping you with your channel. So I'm going to drop his new channel in the uh, chat right here. So if you are, you know, a fan of Nate, make sure that you click on that link, go over and make sure you subscribe to his YouTube channel and, you know, just let him know that you're supporting him. Um, not necessarily, you know, the brand and no, no shade on, you know, the, the channel makers brand and income school and all that stuff. Cause you know, they're running a business that's, that's, you know, people do that here on YouTube. <laughs> so no big deal there. Um, but I just wanted to make sure that everybody here that is a, you know, that does watch Nate I just wanted to uh you know make sure that you guys know that um that he does have, you know, his new channel and that you can go over there and subscribe and he's going to be putting out content there, you know, on a regular basis um as well. So um so make sure that you uh, head over there and you know give him your support if you, you know, were somebody that watched Channel Makers. In addition to that, um I do want to remind you guys too that um uh for those of you that are in Texas or near Texas, Vid Summit is going to be coming up um, in eighty-seven days now. So Vid Summit is a conference for content creators like Mr. Beast and Mark Rober, uh, Ryan Trahan, like you know, all of these, you know, uh, like super famous YouTube content creators, really knowledgeable, I should say, YouTube content creators, and the people that are behind the scenes of a lot of the big channels that you, you know, see on YouTube. Um, everybody's speaking. There and sharing, you know, what it is that they know about YouTube. But um, I'm also speaking there as well, and I invite you to come join me there. It's October third through the fifth in Dallas, Texas. But um, you can find information about that at uh, vidsummit.com. So I just want to make sure that you knew about that uh, as well. So uh, let's see here. So Jerry says he's already subscribed to Nate. I wish the other people luck, but I don't care to put my time towards it right now. Yeah, I hear you. Yeah, it's awkward, you know, like, um, you know, when something like that happens, um, in my opinion, like, um, just to share, you know, kind of my thoughts on that. In my opinion, you know, when, when you're following a channel and then all of a sudden you're like, wait a minute, this isn't, <laughs> this isn't what it seemed to be. Then it's like, Oh, wait a minute. Like, what well, what have I been watching this whole time? Right. And, and it just kind of, you know, makes everything just like a little bit awkward. And then, you know, as soon as somebody else starts making content on that channel, then it's like, Oh, wait a minute. This is, this is kind of awkward too, but they know what they're doing over there. So they'll be fine. Um, it's just that adjustment because we're used to seeing Nate. Right. Um, so, No, uh, you know, no shade in any, uh, you know, in any way, shape or form there. Wish wish everyone the best uh, in that situation. But let's get back to the question uh, here at hand. We got uh, Brave is the channel and the type of channel is Minecraft Gaming. The goal is to get 30,000 subs as fast as possible. And the question is, give me the best advice you will ever give someone about YouTube thumbnails, especially gaming. Make it easy for people to identify that they are uh, about Minecraft in your particular situation and lean on simple. Right. Like a lot of people in gaming, especially, I mean, all over all over YouTube people do this, but in gaming especially, people just way they just go way overboard in their thumbnails. Um, you don't have to do that. And in a lot of cases, if you don't have like design experience and things like that, you can actually work against yourself and kind of cheapen your content and, and and the expectation that people have of your content and stuff like that. So the best thing that you can do when it comes to your thumbnails is think about this. If somebody that I'm trying to reach were to see my thumbnail on the homepage of YouTube, if they're on their phone and they're just scrolling through and they're just like looking for something to watch because they're just looking for some time to kill, then in that particular case, what about your thumbnail is going to simply help them identify that your content's about something that they care about, right? If you can do that, then that's one huge leap in terms of grabbing their attention. If you can't define it, if you're like, well, I don't know, maybe they'd see this or maybe they'd see this or maybe they'd see this, that means you have too much going on in your thumbnail. So because of that, you need to simplify it and say, okay, what's the thing that I want them to focus on? So in your case, it could be a Minecraft character or maybe like a scene of something that you build or something like that. But the whole idea is to think to yourself, okay, if I could just grab their attention with one thing in this thumbnail, what would that one thing be and why do I think that it would help them identify that it's something that they care about that they care about. That's what you want to that's what you want to go with. And if you do that then of course you can start getting fancy from there to where it's like, okay, well I've got this Minecraft character thing in the middle. um, And then I've got this scene going on in the background. So now, since I'm trying to focus all the attention on this Minecraft character, let me kind of cut them out. Even though they're still in the same exact scene, let me try to cut them out. Maybe add like a drop shadow, maybe add some type of stroke to them. Maybe, uh, you know, move them over to one side, uh, you know, and just kind of, you know, use like an arrow or a circle or something to, to point to something, you know, amazing as kind of like a secondary item in the thumbnail, those sorts of things. But when you're first getting started, the best thing you can do is just think, okay, the people that I'm trying to reach are gonna be looking in suggested videos and they're gonna be looking on the YouTube homepage and they're gonna be looking in search for what it is that I'm making. How can I make it just super stupid easy for them to identify that this is something that they that they are already interested in? Um, and, and if you can get good at that, then, then you're like halfway through the battle, right? So, uh, so hopefully that helped. So uh, let's see here. So uh, Simple Nail Design says they have no idea what happened. Um, so that might be about uh, Nate. So yeah, Nate left Channel Makers. Um, and he has a new channel. Oh, David, you're going to VidSummit. Sweet, man. Looking forward to, uh, looking forward to uh, meeting you there at uh, VidSummit. Tish is going there too. Again, it'll be cool to see you. Announcement video and the goodbye video is gone now. Super weird. Yeah, um, with that, I think they just kind of put that up. And then maybe, I don't know if the comments got hit. Like I have no idea why they took that down, but I thought that was a little bit uh, interesting as well. So uh, let's see here. So, next up, also oh, Happy Wheels, real quick says, uh, What are you using to auto switch cameras, or is it manually controlled by someone else? Totally auto switching. <laughs> so, how this works um, here, let me switch it to this view turn off the automation. So how this works is I use this machine right here. It's called an ATIM uh, mini extreme ISO. And uh, with this, it allows up to eight different cameras. Um, I usually only use about like five um, or six different cameras. Sometimes I'll use it if I'm doing like a presentation for somebody else or something like that. I'll jack my laptop into it also, um, because then I can have the HDMI out of my laptop into that. And then I can run presentations off of it too. And it's got picture and picture. So I can, you know, put myself in there and that kind of stuff. Um, but everything is ran with this and this comes with switching software. So basically um, what it is it, within their software is you set up macros. So you manually program it and you say, okay, I want this camera for this amount of time, this camera, for this amount of time, that camera for this amount of time. And then you can hit play and then you just set it to loop and then it'll just sit there and it'll, it'll just loop them. And then you can turn them on and off at will. You can manually override it. Um, and then of course, as soon as I hit this button right here, then it's going to pick that automation back up again, and it's going to start, you know, going through that same. Uh that same thing. So with this device cuz this is the extreme, um but they also have uh that uh, that we use at the other studio. Um they have a four camera version and you can get that four camera version I think for like 2 or 300 bucks. Um and then with that if you level it up to the version that also records into the box like this one does, um then in that case it's a little bit more expensive, but if you think about okay, if I'm if I'm live streaming and I'm recording into the box and I can repurpose some of this content, um then by by repurposing that content, you might be able to pay for the device just by itself through that repurposing. So, um, just some food for thought there. And I don't have, outside of using their tool, I don't have any like, you know, relationship with them or anything like that. It's just a cool, cool piece of tech. So, next up, we got Jabari's fitness channel. Jabari's fitness channel says that they do fitness channel for beginners and teenagers. Um, the goal of the channel, it's a long one here, um, but it's targeted for beginners and teenagers. And then uh, let's see here, they release new videos that are sure to keep people engaged and informed. Okay. So the uh, question is, why is my merch not selling? Um, are my video titles not good enough to rank in search? Why am I not gaining my subscribers from shorts? How can I stand out in the fitness? Okay. Um, so this is a lot of questions. <laughs> uh, so let's just start with the very first one. Why is my merch not selling? Um, you could just need volume. So like right here, you're saying, are my titles not good enough to rank in search? Um, why am I not gaining many subscribers from shorts? So, you know, if you're, if you're still struggling in that initial startup process of just getting volume on your videos, um, then in that case, that could be by itself, just why your merch isn't selling. And it addition to that, um, some problems that people have when it comes to YouTube merch. And I see that you're using, uh, you mentioned, I think in the chat before the stream started, that you're using Spreadshop, which is awesome. Um, But when it comes to people buying your merch. Some things that can be helpful is a lot of content creators, um, like this, for example, this is, you know, some of my merch where it just says Nimminati on it. And, um, when it comes to content creators, a lot of them will just do stuff like this and people will get that, you know, they'll get that too, as a means to support. Or if you have a channel where people become like super fans, then in that case, you know, people will definitely buy those types of things. However, Um, the way that you can level that up is in your case, because you're making fitness content, then making merch around fitness themes, right? Making, making, uh, making shirts about like, you know, working through the burn or like, you know, any other phrases that they use in fitness, um, could be something that would be more broad, have more broad appeal compared to somebody needing to watch your videos enjoy your videos so much that they would want to support you through buying your merch, right? So then in that particular case, it makes it more about, okay, you're not supporting me necessarily by buying this merch. You're actually just getting some cool merch that I have available, right? And this is all stuff like that you might find interesting versus this is all about me and I just want you to buy stuff about me, right? Um, let's see here. So next question that we have on our list here is orange. uh, Orange game, I think is how you say this. The goal of the channel is to grow the channel. The goal is to create a community and a side income. And the question is, hey, Nick, how are you today? I'm doing great. Thank you. Um, The rest of the question says, I want to ask how I can convert people to take action on my community posts to subscribers. My community posts are often asking people about their best item, asking them to guess the item by the silhouette and more game related things all I do is add simple subscribe for more daily questions like this one in the text part of the post. I think, you know, that's fine. You know, just having the subscribe for more daily questions like this, but at the end of the day, the way that you're really going to grow subscribers on your YouTube channel, like you can, you know, every person counts and every, you know, thing that you do, you know, matters, but, the way that you are going to have the best success or the, the the fastest success possible on YouTube is by, you know, learning how to get people to respond well to your videos. So, you know, doing the community post stuff like that's, that's good. It's, it's relatively easy cause then you can just kind of put stuff together and post it up there without having to do too much. Um, but the real gains from your YouTube channel, they're going to come from, from the videos because you know, with the game thing, that's fun. You know, it's definitely fun and definitely something that, you know, if people are responding to you should keep doing. But, The goal that I would be trying to do is I would be like, hey, here's some games, you know, game posts that I have where you're voting on things or whatever, but then I'm also gonna be sharing some video content in there to get you into the video content so that you can see, um, you know, how fun my videos are. And then I'll try to encourage you to subscribe somewhere in the video by just putting a little graphic on the screen or simply asking them toward the end of your video to subscribe um let's see here sarah sparkle yarn says playing catch up on two times pl- uh playback <laughs> nice love it it probably sounds pretty funny on two times playback hammy and sammy says they do bi-weekly content the type of channel is game guides and some animations the goal of the channels to teach others about the game while also enjoying the job and the question is hey nick um in my channel the hosts or faces i use there are drawings of my characters however even though they are mine the species of which they are is not they are Sendarises, which is a Pokemon. I'm thinking of future prospects of selling merchandise someday, but I'm very sure Nintendo game uh, Freak isn't going to let me sell that merchandise. I had a solution in mind, making alternative versions of them that does not infringe copyright. I just don't know if I should introduce those other versions now, as it may disassociate my audience. Yeah, like, you know, some people might just like them you know, if they enjoy them or if they think they're clever and if it's something completely different, but it kind of has a similar vibe, then in that particular case, some people might, you know, might just be like, oh, hey, that's cute or whatever, and end up getting it because of that. I mean, it'd be worth trying. It'd definitely be uh, worth trying. Uh, let's see here. Next up, we got samples and tests. So we're already on number, uh, number six here already for the questions. So the next question here is from samples and tests. Samples and tests, they do variety content. The goal is to learn and practice. The question is, with Twitter now requiring a login to view content, do you think creators and major brands should reduce the emphasis on Twitter to reach their audience and customers, not to mention the rest of Twitter's slow implosion? so in my opinion when it comes to twitter it's just another outlet it's another place where you can interact with people that are you know interacting with your content um it's another place where you can go and interact with others so because of that you know if somebody's into twitter then they're going to go to twitter anyway um even though you know some things have seemed you know like you know they're a little bit clunky like for example make sure by the way if you're on threads which you know is all of the buzz if you're on uh threads make sure that you follow me under there just go there and search my name um it's you know same as twitter but i i, I I think it's a little bit more smooth over there and i like that the, currently they don't have hashtags um but when it comes to twitter itself um in that particular case i would still do it you know for the sake of people you know that are into twitter that you know it, it's almost like saying like okay well i'm not going to make youtube videos for somebody that's not logged in because if they're not logged in they're not going to be able to subscribe to my youtube channel right so I would put content on Twitter if you, if the people that are interacting with your content are on Twitter and they're following there and you can reach them there. Oh, Chantel says that they backtracked that log into view only. So that's, uh, thank you for that, Chantel. Yeah, now now they've got some competition, right? Now they got some competition, so let's see uh, let's see what they do. So, Irvine Mesa um, is our next question here. They do web coding tutorials. The goal of the channel is to teach new web developers the best skills and strong foundation to succeed as career web developers. And the question is, I want to put some of my YouTube content in Udemy to sell as complete courses. Is this allowed? And what should I look for to avoid copyright issues? Um, so, if it's your content, you can put your content anywhere you want because you are the owner of that content. So, if you want to put put some of your content onto um, Udemy or Skillshare or any place else and, you know, put it behind a paywall of some kind. Without question, you can absolutely do that without any worry about any copyright issues or anything like that, as long as you created the content and it's your content. And hey, really quick, um, I just want to remind everybody um, who is uh, just joining us right now, if you are somebody that watches the Channel Makers YouTube channel. Um, As you know, you know, Nate left the channel, but Nate started a new channel and um I'm just you know trying to you know spread awareness about that just because you know he's kind of starting from scratch so I'm just trying to you know let you know people know that um that might you know watch me because in my analytics I see that we have a lot of crossover we've also we've also collaborated in the past we hung out at the last vid summit you know that kind of stuff so um you know I'm just wanting to make sure that you know those of you that know Nate um that you know that he does have a new channel and that uh that he's going to be putting out you know YouTube content over there as well so make sure that you subscribe over there. I just dropped that link in the chat. And for those of you that are listening to this, if you're, if maybe you're you're not participating in the chat, maybe you're listening to this in a podcast. Um, if you just go to YouTube and you go to youtube.com slash the, or sorry, that Nate black, um, that will take you right to his uh, channel as well. So uh, let's see here. So we already answered a question from Brave. So we'll go to the next one. Says uh, Fun Food Diary is the uh, name of this particular channel. They upload every other day. The type of channel is sharing about affordable, delicious food. The goal of the channel is sharing about affordable, delicious food and build an engaged community. And the question is, um, thanks so much for all your hard work and time answering the questions. Um, I love you guys. My question is, do we add hashtags to our title or just have the title and add hashtags to the description? Yeah, hashtags are for the description. There's no. Need to add uh, hashtags to your title uh bernardo d sylvia thank you for the super chat uh, my super chat audio button isn't uh isn't working so uh because of that no sound effect for you <laughs> today but um says is it correct to state that the more videos published the more youtube delivers the content regardless of the quality and content itself no so um what like if you if, you, if you're putting out content and you are just flooding the platform with a bunch of videos, right? Th- this kind of goes into the argument of like quality over quantity, right? So if you are just flooding YouTube with content and people aren't responding to that content, no amount of content is going to improve your channel if people continue to not respond well to your content or at a competitive level for the platform, right? So in order to fix that, um, the very first step before you ramp up you know, the amount of production that you're doing, is to is to kind of relearn because I see here that you say um, years ago that you went a long time without posting for health reasons and YouTube killed the channel. Um, so what you want to what you want to think about is one it's not necessarily that YouTube like killed the channel per se. it's just that you know as people you know started you know watching the videos and things like that, um, then in that particular case you know seeing that you're not uploading on a regular basis and that sort of thing and only having the past library and no new content going out to be in people's new viewer history. Um, it just kinda, you know, it, channels die over time when you just leave them alone. So it's just, you know, something that, that happens. Now, you can still get like search traffic and things like that, but in terms of, you know, keeping the whole thing going like it was, that, that's gonna happen. Um, but when it comes to, you know, uploading tons of videos versus uploading fewer quality videos, if you can kinda relearn the process of making videos, um, you know, for the current state of YouTube, and through that, learn to, you know, just get your content to a level that's competitive or higher competitive, meaning that you're competing against not only the other people in your niche, um, in terms of algorithmically, you're not just competing with the other people in your niche, you're actually competing with every Piece of content um, that YouTube thinks is a good fit for the people that are watching your videos also. So, for example, you know, if you're watching my videos, then in that particular case, if you like, if you listen to, if a lot of you listen to like a certain type of music, then in that particular case, YouTube's going to detect like, hey, people that are watching, you know, these videos, they also listen to a lot of this music. So, the way the system works is it'll say, okay, so if people are listening to a lot of this type of music, maybe we'll just randomly show these videos to people that don't even know about Nick's videos. To to people that are listening to like this type of music, just randomly showed up on their homepage and see if they respond to it. So because of that, you have to get things to a competitive level to where when they do show it to those people that they're gonna click on it, they're gonna come in and then they're going to enjoy the content and then that kind of gets the whole thing rolling. So just as a quick tip for you, um, if you are kind of relearning how to kind of do things from the ground up since you took a long break, um, you know, years um, on your channel, then in that particular case, I recommend that, um, that you are kind of mixing things up with the content that you publish and initially as long as your content type supports this in terms of you know the the actual videos that you're making i would have some that are targeted for search and the reason for this is because um, you're trying to bring that channel back to life again and those videos that are targeted for search the only people that are going to be finding those videos um i mean people youtube's still going to recommend them but if you can get the videos to rank well in search the right audience is going to be looking for those videos and they're going to find them there. They're going to come in and they're going to enjoy those videos. And then that kind of teaches YouTube on like who to show them to. But while you're doing that also try your hand at like, okay, The big wins on YouTube or the fast wins, I should say, not the big wins, but the fast wins are YouTube's recommendation system. So since that's where the fast wins are, then in that particular case, I'm also going to, like, really think through my topics, and I'm going to think through, like, how I'm packaging up my content in terms of the topic title and thumbnail, and I'm going to try to make a great experience for the viewers in the actual video content so that – I'm targeting recommendation features as well. So in that particular case, like if you're going for YouTube search, then you're gonna get very specific about the video that you're making because you're gonna be, you know, like people are gonna be finding it in search so it needs to be specific. But when it comes to recommendation features, it's a totally different game because what you want to do there is you want to try to go as broad as possible but within your niche. And the reason that you want to try to go as broad as possible is because when YouTube is testing your content against people that are interested in the types of things that you make videos about, you want to, you know, you want to try to make your content accessible for as many of those people as possible, right? So, so what I mean by that is like if it came to YouTube search, let me actually look at your channel here really quick, like if it came to YouTube search, oh okay, you don't even have anything uh, in here right now, so never mind. Yeah, I was I was gonna I was gonna I was gonna actually show like you know give an example with your content, but you don't have anything on there right now, so no worries. But um, but basically, just if you're going for search and you got to be very specific. If you're going for recommendations, then try to just think. And this this tip is for everybody here. So if you're taking notes, take note on this. And think like, okay, if my videos, if I'm trying to get these videos to, um, you know, to, to get a lot of views on them, then in that particular case, when I publish these, if you're trying to, you know, get traffic from the, the most amount of traffic you can possibly get from recommendations, then you have to, you don't have to, but it's it's helpful to start with the title and thumbnail before you even make the video in the first place. And with that, start thinking to yourself, like, okay, is this this gonna be too narrow within my niche or is this gonna be something a lot more broad? A great example that I like to give for this, I usually give it when it comes to explaining, uh, you know, search, targeting search versus targeting recommendation features. But, you know, the the difference would be, like, um, if you're making something for search, like this is the uh, Sony e... ZV-E10. So in this particular case, if I was going for like a search-based video, then it would be like, you know, um, either how to set up the EV, the Sony EV-V10, or maybe a review of it, or maybe this camera compared to another camera, you know, something like that. But if I'm going for recommendations, then in that particular case, uh, you know, it would be like, you know, wow, this camera blew me away. Right. And the difference between the two is when somebody's actually typing into YouTube, you know, ZV, you know, uh, the E10, you know, review, whatever, then, you know, they're gonna gonna find that because you're optimizing for that. But when you are like, wow, this camera, you know, this is the best camera I've ever used for vlogging, just as an example, then in that particular case, anybody that makes you know videos or vlogs or whatever. When that gets recommended to them, to them on their homepage, it's something that could be enticing for those people to come in, right? So it's just when you're packaging everything up, it's important to start with your title and thumbnail and how you're actually going to present it to people, so that you can make sure that you're going to be able to match that um, on the video end, and that you're also thinking about going you know broad audience compared to something you know very narrow and specific. So pretty long answer there. Uh, hopefully, uh, hopefully that helped um let's see here so i use that to get that off of the screen okay so um next up we've got um let's see here i cast okay hold on real quick (laughs) <laughs> oh, okay nice okay so we have um icast enterprises they upload one time per week or more they do educational content and hey really quick um so spot a mixing life says okay let's be honest when mr b started uh with youtube he wasn't pro in youtube he didn't um have pro editing and he, he did everything himself so why do we need to ask people how to grow on youtube um it's not necessarily that people are asking how to grow on youtube per se but you know one thing to keep in mind is that um Mr. Beast was on YouTube for a decade. Before he actually got his break, so the reason that people ask how to grow on YouTube is because they don't want to spend a decade on YouTube trying to figure this stuff out, right? So it's more about like, okay, how can I learn faster so that I can learn what's important to YouTube and learn how the system works, and then I can learn through the information how to better you know reach my audience and also little things like I was just talking about with you know how you're packaging up your content and the difference that it can make, you know those types of things. That's why people are you know are, are interested in this type of content. Um, But the question here says, um, so I'm getting fired up with iCast Enterprises and really quick, um, just for clarity here, this channel's iCast Enterprises. And um, the goal of the channel is to give creative individuals worldwide guidance on sharing their talents. And the question is, so I'm just getting fired up with um, iCast Enterprises and I have very few subscribers. Um, I've just in the past few days found out that I'm trying to get funding for launching a nonprofit that I've dreamed of for years, which is iDrast, International Disaster Rescue and Search Team. Whereas we will create a platform to link all rescue services Services worldwide and also integrate all new technologies into the tool sets for responders. The question is, would you suggest continuing with the iCast Enterprises channel or just promote the not-for-profit? Or would you create another channel for the iDraft and just focus on it? So this is a long question, so I'm trying to <laughs> so I'm trying to uh, you know kind of unpack this a little bit. So To my understanding, what it sounds like you're doing here is that you have one channel that just has a little bit of subscribers on it, but you're getting this other big opportunity and you're trying to decide if you should just... Keep making videos on that other channel and just kind of mention the new opportunity there. Or if you should go all in on this dream that you have on the international disaster uh, disaster rescue and search team, um, i I think if you don't have that many subscribers and you haven't really done much with the other channel in that particular case, if you are getting like the opportunity of your dreams um, to do this other you know thing and you're like, hey, I, like this is it. Right. Then in that case, I would, I would make a channel about that because that's going to be the thing that, you know, you're the most passionate about, you know, obviously, because you're like, yes, I've been dreaming about this for years. So, um, in that particular case, if it was me, um, of course, I would need a little bit more information. But, you know, at the surface level of this, if it was me, I would start a new channel um, and just go all in on that, you know, on on that, on that dream that you, that you're, uh, that is, you know, at uh, fruition now. Um, see so here, Learn Spanish World, thank you for the member message there. It says, Learning from Nick helped me get 100,000 uh, subscribers in less than four years. Love it, love it, love it. Thank you for the uh, kind words there and the feedback. So uh, let's see here. So next up on the list here, Daniel Batal in the house. What's up, dude? Hope that you are doing awesome. Um, let's see here. So next up, we've got YouTube Shorts is the name of the channel. It's actually the Happy Wheels. Um, It's a gaming channel. The goal is to entertain. The question is, I found a way, possibly a bug, to upload custom thumbnails to YouTube Shorts. I won't share the details here in case it's a bug, as I have messaged you privately through socials, but do you think YouTube could be testing custom thumbnails on Shorts? So I'm not sure, um, in terms of, you know, exactly what it is that they're testing. Um, but, you know, I will definitely go and hunt for those. Uh, I'll definitely go and hunt for those messages. I think I actually saw you pop up in my notifications, actually, um, here right before the stream started. Uh, you have like a cartoon character in your profile and it's got like a red name on it. And it, and it starts with, Hey, Nick, I wanted to share a discovery I just found with you. Um, so yeah, I'll definitely check that out. Um, I'll definitely check that out after the, uh, after the stream. Um, let's see here. Hold on. D just sent me a message. Okay. So uh, next up, we've got, uh, let's see here. So yeah, I'll be following up with that. And then the next question that we have is from Dark Bites. Dark Bites says that they do a video podcast. The goal of the channel is to create the number one go-to platform for horror fans looking to get inside the minds of authors and filmmakers um, with the, who make the content they love. The question is, as the host of an interview-based podcast, my videos tend to be as good... AKA popular as my guest and whatever topics we discuss other than experimenting with B-roll images and videos. Do you have any tips or samples to help me make my chat stand out even more? I'm really struggling to get the consistent response that I want for uh, guests. I feel that deserve the eyeballs. I just can't find any shows like mine to use as a good example of best practices. Okay. So when you're trying, I actually made a course, um, for this, um, for someone else that has a podcasting platform. Um, this was probably, it was, it was during, you know, the, the, you know, 2020 and all that. Um, but basically, when it comes to a podcast channel, one thing that you want to do if you're doing interviews is you want to optimize around the topic. And if you were here just a few minutes ago when I was talking about the difference for going after like search and, and going for recommendations where you're talking about something more broad, podcast is the same. So, like when you are publishing a, a podcast. You want to make sure that you're always optimizing around the topic unless the guest is super famous. And by super famous, I mean to where you could probably ask like an older person, like older, older, and they'd be like, oh, yeah, I know who Elon Musk is, right? Like somebody famous like that or like a celebrity, like a legit celebrity, something like that. Because when you are doing your, uh, uh, you know, when you're doing your titles uh, and your thumbnails for that, if you have everything focused around the guest that you have on, and, and I've been on tons of podcasts where they've done this with me also, um, to where they feed, you know, they focus everything on me. You know, Nick and shares his, you know, best tips for like blah blah blah, and the the problem with that is when it's optimized around the person there's a huge qualifier, right? There's just a big disconnect really between the people that are, you know, that could possibly be interested in that versus the people that are not. So for example, if it's like, you know, hey, Nick Niman shares his best tips on this, in order for that to even matter to somebody, one, they have to get all the way through that title in the first place. Two, with my picture in the thumbnail, they have to already know who I am in order to make that matter. Um, and then three, you know, they have to know who I am in the first place in order to even come into that video at all for it to be of any interest whatsoever when it's optimized around me. However, if it's like, you know, grow your YouTube channel, um, uh, you know, grow your YouTube channel in 2023 uh, using these tips or, you know, something like that, um, then in that particular case, anybody that has a YouTube channel is now qualified for that, if they're looking for more information about that, then they're now somebody that's qualified to interact with that content, without it having to be, you know, without even a mention of me. So the difference there is when you optimize around the topic, then somebody can come in based around something they care about without having to know any additional information. And then they can just join the conversation that people are having about that particular topic. Um, The issue comes when you have everything optimized around the person, then it's like, okay, well, who is is this person what do they know blah 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 and it just creates this whole different thing compared to when you optimize around the topic so definitely optimize around the topic definitely either on your main channel or on a separate channel um put out clips of little highlights of what it is that you're doing do the same exact thing there where you're optimizing around the topic um and then from there just make sure that you are you know consistently thinking when you're packaging everything up okay how can i make this as widely accessible as possible and if i'm going to do it around the person how, you know, why am I gonna doing it around this person? What value is that actually going to add to the potential viewer? And the funny thing about this is that when when people are optimizing around the guests, they're thinking like, oh, this is great. I'm gonna bring the attention to the guests. They, you know, they they came onto my show, so they gave me that interview, so I'm gonna make sure I'm giving them, you know, the, the spotlight, so to speak, right? But the thing is, it actually can work in reverse because then when you're giving them the spotlight, then it makes that content a little bit less accessible unless they're, you know, famous. And uh, since that content's a little bit less accessible, then they're not actually going to get people, as many people clicking into it and, you know, getting that, you know, getting that, uh, you know, value that, that, that you're trying to bring to the guest and to the viewers. Renee Ritchie in the house, what's up, man? Hope you're doing awesome, says, does it actually let you change the thumbnail um, of a short on the short shelf or shorts tab on channel pages? If not, it's probably not in the long form thumbnail system, which no longer works for shorts. Okay, so good feedback there on the, um, on the thumbnail uh, changing thing. So thanks for the uh, thanks for the heads up there. Love that he hangs out here uh, and adds clarity to, to to things like that. Absolutely love it. Thank you, uh, Renee. Super appreciate that man. Uh, growing what I eat. Thank you for the super sticker. Super appreciate it. So let's uh, so next up. We've got, um, let's see here. we got K-Skis. K-Skis, um, they upload when they have time. They do gaming content. The goal of the channel is 100 subscribers and make entertaining content. The question is, I'm currently live, but no one has came through the stream. Um, I would let people know on TikTok that I'm live or that I uploaded a new video, but the results are not as expected. I even tried to get shorts to work and one video did good, but the expense on four likes and three dislikes, how should I get people to come through my channel when I let them know that I'm live? Okay, let them know that I have a new video or that I'm live. So. This this is going to come down to you know your ability to to help people identify from the outside that your content is interesting to them in some way or meaningful them to some uh, meaningful to them in some way. So you know the whole game when it comes to YouTube is, you know, stopping people on their tracks and getting people to click and then giving them a good experience, right? So some people take it a little bit too far and to be honest, I've been guilty of this too, but some people take it a little bit too far and they're like, hey, I'm just gonna go like super sensational here because, you know, like this video, you like, you know, it should be sensational. So then, you know, you'll make this like crazy, like clickbaity type title and, you know, compelling is great, being compelling is awesome, but sometimes, you know, we can go a little bit overboard and when that happens, what ends up happening on the video side is if you don't, liver, then, you know, what happens is, you know, people will start trailing out because they're like, oh, I expected this amazing thing, but then I come in here and it's not as amazing like I thought. So because of that, you're like, I'm, I'm just going to go watch something else. Right. But if you're like, hey, this isn't like necessarily amazing, but it's pretty good. And you package everything that way, then the expectation is going to be different when people are coming in. And because of that, you know, people are going to respond, you know, differently to what it is that you're doing. So, you know, what you need to work on right now is not necessarily thinking, okay, I'm going to put out a TikTok video to let people know that I'm live on YouTube. That's actually probably against their terms of service. I know that's against YouTube's terms of service or their community guidelines. Like for example, if you were live on TikTok or Twitch or kick or somewhere else, you're not allowed to make a video on YouTube that says, Hey, just wanted to make this video real quick. Let everybody know that I'm live. I got a link in the description where you can come join me over there. And then like, that's the content, like that's actually against the rules here. Um, and you can get in trouble for that or get your channel, you know, taken down or get, you know, uh, claim or strikes or whatever. So, um, you know, that's probably that way, you know, uh, across the board, but instead of trying to take your energy and put it into that, I recommend that instead you start thinking to yourself like, okay, um, if I'm not getting the response that I, that I'm looking for right now, what do I need to do? And in a lot of cases, that will come down to like, okay, I need to, I need to study YouTube a little bit more. And by study YouTube, I don't necessarily mean watching videos like mine. I mean like literally open up YouTube's homepage and just start looking through like, okay, all these videos that are being presented to me, why are they being presented to me? Because they're probably you know high-performing content or they're from a channel that I've interacted with or I've been interacting with that type of content recently or looking for that type of information. So because of that, what can I learn from looking at this? What can I learn from all of the thumbnails that I'm seeing? Are they simple? Are they busy? are they colorful do they stand out are they focused on a bunch of stuff are they just focused on one thing what are they doing with the titles and just like really start studying you know that part of youtube and do the same exact thing where you know and this part's kind of difficult but but especially if you're watching good videos but one thing that is also advantageous for all of us to do is to also study like youtube videos so you're like okay people are responding well to this person or this video so you know they clicked on it they came in they're obviously enjoying it because this video has got a lot of views on it so why do I think people are responding to this video the way that they that they are and if you're if you're watching videos and studying that way it's easy to just kind of get sucked into the video and then the video's over and you're like oh wait I gotta go back and watch it again because I actually got into the video itself which speaks volumes of why you know the videos do well Um, but you know the idea is that you want to just spend that time you know just just studying YouTube a lot because when you do that you're gonna learn so much, and you're gonna have just a lot of moments over time where you're gonna be like, Oh, that makes total sense. I get it now. Oh, the thumbnail thing, oh, that makes total sense. Oh, now okay, I see why so many people use you know these types of words and their titles and you know, those types of things. It's gonna it'll it'll open up a whole new world for you. So I would recommend that you do that. And then, of course, if you're having trouble, you know, getting people to show up to you know the stuff that you're doing, your videos that you're publishing or your live streams. Um, the next thing also is like, okay. I need to work on skills because in addition to like learning you know the platform which is you know part of you know skill it's an understanding um but in addition to that you're also you know you also have to be able to do all of the stuff that causes people to have a positive response as well so you know educate and also make sure that you're you know in in a constant state of uh skill development uh let's see here so next up on the list i am going to hydrate chantel Thank you for that. T is Hot Mess History. Hope you're doing fantastic. Nice to see you in here. Little Crafty Nook. Hope you are doing great. VS Speech Royally. Nice to see you here. Shark Scrapper, my man. What's going on? Hope you're doing great. See you here in a couple months. Um, Dark Bite says, thanks for the golden advice um, you just laid out for me. Thanks. My pleasure. My pleasure. Um, so let's see here. Next up on our list here, we've got Adventures with Time. Makes me want to say, like, click, clock, click, clock click, clock. Like after I say that. Um, but anyway, it's type of channels, watch reviews, and other watch content. The goal of the channel is to educate other watch collectors. And the question is: I've been making videos for five years, and I have about two hundred videos uploaded with seven hundred thousand views and fifty-three hundred subscribers. I seem to be stuck in a rut. I do follow Use and others' um, advice on analyzing my videos, but I still find it hard to determine why some videos get ten thousand views versus um, most, which get under a thousand. Should I try some paid for coaching um, or continue digging into my analytics? So, in that particular case, um, you know like the very first thing that I would do is I would, you know, go through YouTube's educational material, um, before you pay for any coaching of any kind. So, so, you know, like, like when you work with somebody, um, in a coaching capacity, first, you know, you got to have super clear goals. Second, you got to have a good understanding, um, at least a good base understanding of like, you know, YouTube, I mean, you got yourself to 5,300 subscribers. So like you're doing something right. Um, But you know, you you need to make sure that you're just kind of trained up on like everything that's going on now. And then that way, you're not going to waste a bunch of money getting trained up, right. So if you go to youtube.com slash creators, I think is the URL for it. Hold on youtube.com slash creators. Yeah. Then um, I'll just drop this in the chat right now. Just go through this uh, right here, and uh, just by going through that, you know, and, and just read everything, study, and everybody here should do this. Um, hold on, really quick. I'm gonna I'm gonna drop another resource for you guys too. Um, but basically, like when you go through and you you know kind of train yourself up. Um, then, you know, when you do decide to, you know, coach with someone, um, then you're like ready to rock and roll. And then you just go straight into like stats and video structure and like, you know, how you're hooking people and like, you know, the, the you know, are you, are you targeting too narrow? Or are you targeting broad? Like, you know, you, you get to, you get to look for deeper things. Are you doing like, you know, the deep side of, you know, really deep core branding? Like, you know, what, what is it that you're doing? So, um, uh, so I would get trained up on all of that stuff first. So the first link that I dropped in there is YouTube creators. That's like a, that's like just straight up like, an educational resource. And then the second place um, that I dropped a link to is the YouTube Help Center um, through Google. Now on that, um, the the third tab over, you have Help Center, you have Community, and then you have Creator Tips. Um, first, go through Creator Tips. And then once you go through Creator Tips, also just kind of start digging around um, in the Help Center also, because in the Help Center, you'll find tons of information that is a lot more nuanced. So when you go through their educational stuff, it tells you like what's going on and it tells you things that you need to know, but some of it's not you know as specific as you would like it to be. But when you go through the Help Center, then, you know, it adds tons of clarity to things like, you know, they get into like the weeds um, into the details, I should say, you know, about like thumbnails and where impressions are counted. And you know, like, it answers tons of questions for you. and just helps you get like up to speed, um, so to speak. So definitely make sure that you go through those. But <clears throat> excuse me, but get through all that first. And then, um, and then, you know, go for a little bit more. And then if you're still like, man, I got all that information. I'm applying some of that stuff and like I'm still hitting the wall. Then in that case, you know, reaching out to somebody for coaching um, would, be, would be something to consider. Um, you know, for that, like Daniel Batal, he was in here earlier. Um, you know, I think he has packages where I think he charges, I think it's like three or 400 bucks. Um, and I think that's for like a call or maybe two calls or something. I'm not sure you'd have to, you know, connect with him for that. But, you know, people like him, um, are, you know, great for, you know, helping with that sort of thing. Um, so I used to do a lot of that. I don't do it that much anymore. Mostly when I, when I'm doing that, I'm helping people for free via like Twitter, um, DMs and stuff like that. But, um, or like, you know, like I, I had this guy the other day, uh, probably about two weeks ago now, he, uh, he, he hit me up on Twitter and he actually does, uh, coaching for, coaches that have YouTube channels. And, um, and he's asking me some questions. I ended up spending like two days with this guy. Um, you know, just kind of helping him, you know, kind of get his, you know, stuff a little bit, you know, tightened up and just getting a better understanding of things and stuff like that. So that's more where I do those sorts of things, but you know, people definitely do, uh, you know, do it as, you know, as a service, uh, like a paid service, um, as well. Um, so, you know, definitely reach out to him or, you know, Roberto Blake is another great resource for that. Once you get your channel, you know, like thriving, um, or you're like, Hey, I'm kind of here and like, everything's going great, but I want to like, you know, really take things up a notch. Um, and you know, if you have the money to spend for it, then in that case, that's where you'd go into like Daryl E's channel, and you know, like those types of programs. Um, but you know, there's all kinds of great courses out there and all that stuff to help you. But first. I recommend that you uh, that you just work on the education side. So go through those you know free Google and YouTube resources that I just shared. Um, in addition to that, you know watch some like if you only watch my videos, watch some videos from some other creators that also make content like me because maybe and this is just how things work in communication. Maybe the way that I'm saying something it's just not landing whereas you know if somebody else says something you might be like oh okay the way that they use that analogy with it it totally makes sense now right so because of that just make sure you are kind of spreading out um to you know to to you know to when you're taking in the information um but also you know making sure that you know uh you know if you have time for podcasts things like that but just really start you know cramming as much as you can into your brain angelique what's going on hope you're doing awesome hope you're doing great so uh, let's see here, next up on our uh, list, we've got King CMC TV. Uh, the goal of the channel is to monetize. Um, the question is: I have had streamer submitted a claim that he owned the rights of my stream gameplay. I contacted YouTube to put my two videos back up that I own the rights to. They emailed me back. I had to fill a form out. How long does it take to get a video back on YouTube? And does this happen often? It happens all the time. Um, people are in a constant state of issuing like fake copyright claims on YouTube. Um, it happens sometimes. Um, so you know, just go through the process in terms of of Exactly how long it's going to take? I have no idea. It's going to depend on you know how big that problem is right now, and you know the people they have you know available to you know issue that support. So, um, so you've done what you can, and now you just have to you know kind of hang out and, and wait for the reply. Architectural sheet metal says, um, "What kind of AI tools would you suggest for the best return in time bought back?" So, as of right now, like I'm, I'm probably not the best person to ask for this. Like I'm, I'm kind of staying up. Oops oh, no, 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 I did not want to do that. Um, so I, I'm, I'm kind of staying up on, um, uh, not kind of, like I'm staying up on a lot of the the AI stuff and like the video AI stuff because I'm, I'm waiting for... Like there's a threshold that as soon as we cross it, it's gonna make AI video just outstanding. Like it's already doing some really cool stuff, but like you know the the uh, the length of videos and things like that just isn't where it is right now. Um, but when it comes to AI tools, if you write scripts, then in that particular case, um, TubeSpanner's great for that. Um, if you need help with your titles, then um, TubeBuddy has that, and Tube Spanner has that also. Um, if you are, let's see here, what else? So TubeBuddy has like a retention analyzer coming out that's AI, um, which is really awesome. I got, I had a chance to play with it and it's stupid accurate. Um, the only place it messed up on me when it was in its initial phases was at the hook. Um, it overestimated how good my hook was. Uh, but everything else in the video, like it was pretty much a dead match. I was blown away. Um, but you know, that's, uh, going to be coming out soon. So like you have you know those types of you know tools as well, but in terms of time, really I you know ChatGPT would probably be you know a great place to start because there you know you can at least you know ask it a bunch of questions and you can you know kind of tell it like hey I have a YouTube channel about this and since I have a YouTube channel about this and my audience or the value that I'm trying to bring to my audience is this you know what is a list of you know 20 video ideas that you know that you think would you know help me do that you know and then when it you an idea say okay uh you know give me 20 different ideas or 10 different ideas of you know the type of imagery that i could use in a youtube thumbnail for this um and you can like have that conversation back and forth with chat gpt to like really you know kind of help uh help with those types of things um let's see here so dumpster tube Love the channel name. Says they do comedy and animation content. The goal of the channel is to make funny and lighthearted animations. And the question is, why do I have almost 45,000 views and just 93 subscribers? Is 20-second videos too short to make people look at the channel? Should I be uploading them as shorts instead? So if you have 20-second videos, then yeah, you should be uploading them as shorts instead. Um, because, yeah, you should definitely be uploading those as shorts instead. Um, let's see here. Next up, we've got Toasting Cheese. Toasting Cheese. Um, toasting cheese does, Hey, there's, um, really quick um, architectural sheet metal. So there's a YouTube channel called Matt Wolf, go and subscribe to him. Um, he gives like, you know, sometimes it's like every day, sometimes it's every couple of days. If there's like a bunch of craziness, then it might be like multiple times per day. Um, but there's a a guy covering AI, um, on YouTube. His name is Matt Wolf. And, um, and he shares all kinds of different helpful, you know, tools that, uh, that that you might find interesting that can, you know, kind of help you out. A lot of them are free. Some of them are paid. Um, but you know, like you, you definitely might want to check out his, uh, his channel. Um, let's see here. So Hawkward says using AI is like using a ghostwriter, no thanks. Yeah, it is. You know, it definitely is. Some people are okay with that, and some people look at it like, hey, this is is a tool, right? So I'm just going to use it to kind of help me out. And then other people are like, hey, this doesn't speak in my voice. Um, And it's not, you know, like I'm a creator, and I'm wanting to be creative. Therefore, this isn't for me, (laughs) right? Like I want to bake it. I want to make it. I want to create it. That's why I'm doing this is to make stuff. So, you know, totally, uh, you know, totally, uh, totally, uh, you know, totally get that idea. Yeah and um future tools thanks uh thanks Rich uh yeah he also owns uh futuretools.io i think it is um where he's just got like a huge listing of a bunch of ai tools um, and Amy, uh, geneal- uh genealogy, uh, with Amy Johnson Crow says that, um, the AI scripting stuff, it can be a great tool for a first draft. Yeah, I think so too. Like, um, basically just kind of getting an idea and just kind of thinking like, okay, like here's some, you know, information that I can work with, or maybe having it help, you know, just kind of, you know, grab some of the information or help get a structure together something like that. Yeah. 100%. Um, let's see here. Give me a shout we to the YouTube stream for five minute video. Okay, so the next question is toasting cheese. Did I do this one? I think we include, okay, so uh, the goal of the channel is to fulfill my childhood dream. Gaming is easy, but I'd like to try a personality channel and try gaming and vlogging and just general entertainment. I'm a huge fan of popular streamers like uh, Valkyrie and Ludwig, but I'd rather make videos than live stream. The question is, is it possible to succeed without a deeply specified niche, um, posting different styles of videos such as gaming challenges or vlogs at the same time? Is it possible? Yes, um, from a technical standpoint, without question, it is definitely possible. In theory, you just need one, two, three good videos um, to, like, you know, have your channel thrive. Like, you know, you can have one good video that drives fifty thousand subscribers or a hundred thousand subscribers to your YouTube channel. Just one really good video that does great over time can drive a ton of subscribers to your YouTube channel. So, without question, you can do that. However, the thing that you wanna think about if you really wanna win on YouTube and if you really want this to be sustainable long-term is, okay, instead of thinking of it from from the lens of, okay, I'm gonna do gaming challenges and vlogs at the same time, think of it through the lens of, okay, I'm reaching people that are interested in doing like gaming challenges and I'm trying to reach people that are interested in vlogs. How can I make a crossover so that if somebody watched the gaming Challenge videos that when I published a vlog that they might also be interested in that because that's how you win is by posting videos that people were like hey they watch video one and then they're like oh hey this video is good too and they come in and watch that and then they watch video three and four it makes your it makes your channel and everything that you're doing bingeable which helps you win faster right but the the idea when it comes to the um, you know specified niche is thinking of it more of I'm trying to reach a very specific type of viewer that's interested in very specific things. So that's where, like if you're doing gaming challenges, if you had vlogs where you're doing something about gaming, then in that particular case, you know, it would make sense. Or if your vlogs were also doing some type of challenge. So then in that case, maybe you're going after people that like watching challenges, but not. it doesn't have to necessarily be a game, right? So just making sure that you're defining who it is that you're actually trying to reach with your content first, and then building the channel around that audience is the, is the way that you win, you know, as fast as possible. Yeah, uh, exploring with Nugs says I use AI for editing, or sorry, for title and description, but I don't use the first example they spit out. I modify it a lot before I'm happy. Same here. Yeah, like I run everything through, uh, through, uh, you know, uh, through TubeSpanner now, and um, and I do that because uh, basically it just you know gives me different ideas. Sometimes I use TubeSpanner, sometimes I use ChatGPT, sometimes I use TubeBuddy, it just depends on you know the vibe I'm feeling at the moment. Um, but basically, uh, by doing that. Sometimes it'll say something to where I'm like, oh, that's genius. I didn't even think about that, (laughs) right? And I'll be like, I'm going to use that instead. Um, And uh, yeah, without question, uh, you know, using those tools is, is helpful in that regard. Okay, next. Hey, really quick. Okay, got it. Okay, so uh, next up on the list, we've got um, uh, um, Mina's Clearing Clutter is the uh, name of the channel they upload every other day. The type of channel is an inspirational channel, and the goal of the channel is helping neurodivergent people with um, excessive dysfunctioning issues and myself at the same time. And the question is, I'm currently looking into lighting for my videos for interior scenes. I can find a lot of filming people, but not just interior scenes, both wide and close up. Is this something that you could address? Totally. So when it comes to lighting for your YouTube videos, of course, um, you you have the free option of course which is you know taking your camera and setting it somewhere to so where like your window would be here and then your camera would be over here and then you know you're getting that light from the window right that's like step one and it's cheap if you're recording videos during the day um but if you're like hey i want to control all of the lighting which usually gets you, you know, like a, a really good result then in that particular case um you can get really cheap lighting kits off of amazon and all you really need is two lights technically you could do it with one um but but the typical thing that people do is called a three-point lighting setup, and that's basically where you have your key light, which is, um, let's see if I can actually show it to you here, see if you can see it in any of these, yeah. So right up here, you see this thing with the grid on it, right? So that's my key light right up here. And then over here, which you can't see, but it's it's basically uh, behind this camera right here. Um, but I have another one that's kind of like a, it's like a beauty dish type of thing with like a softener on it, and that one is my fill light, okay? So you have those two lights that are hitting you from the front. The thing there is that your key light is the strongest light, and with that strongest light, um, that's basically doing all of the heavy lifting for you, right, It's, it's the majority of the light that's coming into the scene, and then the fill light is there to fill the shadows or to even out the lighting on the other side, depending on the look that you're going for. Then you have, as part of that three-point system, you also have a backlight. So the backlight is something that you would put up higher and you'd put it behind you and it would come down uh, you know, behind you so that if you see this little rim of light right here on my shirt, this is because I have one light back over here. And I have one light back over here. And I know that's four, but you can do the same thing. I could do that. I could get the same exact result. If I just took one light and mounted it to the ceiling, I just don't want to mount a light to the ceiling. Right. So I, I have a truss that that was built in here. And then on this truss, I have things that are just kind of stemming out from that. And then the one back here, it's just on like an Elgato pole that's, uh, that's on top of a cabinet. But when it comes to a lighting setup, um, that three point lighting setup will definitely get the job done for you. And you can get those off of Amazon for like a hundred bucks. Um, you can also go, I have a video on my YouTube channel. If you just look up, um, let's see here, Nim and lighting. Um, hold on, let me go to YouTube and I'll actually find the video for you real quick. But if you go and you look up nickname and lighting, um, one of the options that you're going to see is a DIY lighting, Setup. up. I, there's actually a few videos that I've made on this already, but this video specifically shows you a kit that you can get that you can kind of put together yourself. Um, if you, if you're on a budget, um, you can put this kit together yourself at like home Depot, if you're in the States and, um, and, and, the whole thing is going to cost you like maybe like 50 or 60 bucks. Um, and basically what it is, is you just get like work lights and then you cover them up with something that, you know, wouldn't catch fire, like, uh, you know, like a cooking sheet paper or something like that. And then you put compact fluorescent lights in there that are Light balance. That video tells you the details, but the whole idea um, is you can definitely hack together, you know, something like that. Um, but when it comes to lighting, lighting can make or break your content. Um, like it can make it look really good or it can make it look bad. Here, I'll give you an example real quick. Um, I don't have my thing to play, so I'm just going to leave you sitting here in silence, which is like the worst thing I can do. Um, but I'm just going to, I'm going to turn on my regular room lights. In addition to this, so I'm not sure the how big of a difference it's going to make, but give me like 10 seconds. I'll be right back. So it still looks pretty good because because the camera that I'm using is, is a pretty good camera. But you can see how it just adds like a different vibe to the room. Now, if I shut this stuff off, I'll do it. Why not? So I'm just going to shut off the front ones. So this is what it looks like um, with just the regular room lighting on. So you can still see that the back lights are on. So I still do have those up in the corners, but I turned off my key light and I turn off my fill light. So you can see in terms of, you know, what everything looks like here, the, the difference that, you know, that, that lighting can make when it comes to your content. All right. If you're listening to that in a podcast, if you're listening to the podcast version of this, I apologize. <laughs> I apologize for, for those moments of uh, silence there. But um, but you know, the lighting can make a really big difference. So you know, investing in some you know good lighting matters. Um, in fact, uh, Roger Wakefield in the house. It's up to Ready to see you in Dallas as well. Super excited um to go this year. Looking forward to. Uh, I know you had joked about uh you know having like a get together. Not sure if that's, you know, a joke or real, but uh, if real, super looking forward to that as well. Um, so, uh, but when it comes to lighting though, it can, it can really make a huge difference um, when it comes to your, when it comes to your content, what it looks like, and just like the perceived value of the content as well. Um, you know, lighting can make a big difference. And there's also like weird things too. Like when it comes to lighting, you have color temperature, but then you also have the quality of the light as well so for example we just went um in the studio uh uh the studio where i stream with my brother over there we just went and bought all new lights uh this week we bought all new lights for there so when we when we stream over there next week um the difference is going to be subtle but we basically just upgraded all the lights um to just a higher quality light and um it'll be a subtle difference but there, there, there'll be a difference in what it looks like um in comparison to what it looks like now um, let's see here. Next up on our list here, we've got World Wheel- Wheelchair Warriors is the channel name. Um, previously, Power Wheelchairs Chairs for Success. And they upload every other day. The type of channel is supportive and educational. The goal of the channel is to give support to wheelchair users. And uh, the question is, I have some copycatters. I could feel proud or angry, but most importantly, how to handle it. So when it comes to pretty much anything you do, if it is, if it is, uh, you know, uh, business ideas, if it is, you know, video ideas, if it's channel ideas, if it, you know, anything like that, people, people will copy it. When people see things that are working, they'll copy it. So if you have people that are like, you know, that are engaging with what it is that you're doing, people are going to come along and copy it. That's just how it works. So, you know, people are going to copy your video ideas. People are going to copy your titles. People are going to top copy how you do your thumbnails. Um, like there's one guy, um, his name's Matt something. Um, but he's like a younger guy, but he just steals everybody's thumbnails and just makes his own versions of it to where like, it'll be like, you know, uh, like my thumbnail or like a think media thumbnail. And he will just kind of, you know, he'll make the same exact, like it's literally the same exact thing. The only thing that's different is like his face. Um, he does that. There's, um, some Robert guy that does, you know, something similar, not with all the thumbnails, but you know, with a lot, but you know, it's just, you know, it's part of the thing. So, uh, so because of that, don't, you know, don't get bothered too much by it. Just try to try to stay ahead as much as you can and try to, you know, continually try to, uh, you know, be, uh, be a leader in that respect. Um, let's see here. Strapper says who paid for the lights to D shame you into paying for them? <laughs> yeah. Like when it comes to stuff like that, it's just a business expense. So, um, so, so yeah, we, uh, yeah, I, I cover that. So um, let's see here. So next up on the list, we have uh, To Be Continued With is the name of the channel. The type of channel is mostly comic book movie breakdowns for now. The goal of the channel is to grow and add my thoughts on what I am covering. And the question is being a one man operation looking to grow his audience is the question. So I'm not sure that's more of a statement than a question. Um, But one thing I can tell you is being a one-man operation is pretty much the standard on YouTube at a certain point. So, you know, a lot of people were surprised. And by the way, um, since we've had, you know, some new people coming in, I do want to remind anybody here, just let you know. So anybody that watches, um, you know, Channel Makers, you probably know that uh, Nate, you know, left Channel Makers and that Channel Makers is owned by um, uh, a company called Income School. And, um, And he, you know, worked for them over there, but he started a new channel and I'm just going to drop it into the chat right here where you can go over. And of course, you know, if you are somebody that watched Nate and you, you know, enjoyed Nate, um, he's starting a new channel and he's doing everything himself, all of that. Um, and just kind of going his own way there. So, um, I encourage you to, you know, go check that channel out. If you are somebody that already follows Nate, um, or you're interested in that Roberto Blake in the house up dude hope that you were on fantastic says nimanadi assemble whoop whoop that's what i'm talking about right there (laughs) so next up on the uh list here we've got uh we did continued with i believe yep Oh yeah. But the the thing I was getting at there is the being a one man, uh, you know, audience. So basically the, the, the path on YouTube looks like this. And of course it depends on how difficult the content is to make, but you know, when people first start, they usually do everything themselves, right? If you're not starting as a business, if you're starting as a creator and you're like, Hey, let me try this YouTube thing and see how it goes. That's usually you're just starting by yourself. You're coming up the video ideas. You are making thumbnails. You're sitting there brainstorming on titles. You're laying in bed at night, trying to think of how to make your videos better and trying to think of why that video that you put out that was awesome. Why people didn't respond to it. Like you thought, you know what I mean? Like you have those and why they responded to the one you thought was garbage, right? Like you're the one dealing with all of that stuff and and, you know, doing everything. Um, but you know, what typically happens is as content creators, you know, get further along the path, they start making some money from it, especially if they're making money off of other things, besides just YouTube ads, then in that case, it becomes possible really quickly to be able to hire editors and, you know, people making thumbnails and, you know, that sort of stuff and just people to help you just do other things to kind of take some of the load off um so part of that process is you know you kind of start on your own and then you know when you can if you want to then you know then you can start kind of offloading some of that stuff to kind of you know help you stay focused on you know the task at hand. So um, so that's just part of the process. So you starting as a one man show, look at it as an advantage because right now you're learning a ton of skills. Right now you are are learning to know what learning to know. Right now you're you're learning what it takes to actually do the job and people underestimate how valuable that is so once you get to that point where you are going to be like hiring and stuff like that if that's something you want to do in the future you know when your channel gets to that uh that you know spot then in that particular case when you when you have all the skills and you develop all the skills and you know how long it takes to do everything and you know like hey this is quality this is not because you've went through the process of learning it all um, then in that particular case it makes it makes everything that you do from there in terms of the hires it makes everything so much easier it makes sure that you're not getting like ripped off those types of things because you know exactly what's involved plus you know who the right people are to hire because you know you know you can identify this this is exactly what we need compared to this is just a video that somebody gave me that they edited um, but it might not be edited in the right way so because of that you know you, you'll learn a ton right now and that experience that you're getting as a solo creator if you decide to you know have people come in later um, is gonna is gonna add a lot more like more value than than you than you know right now. Uh, next question that we have here on the list. We are on number twenty two already. We got Winged Horse Designs. Winged Horse Horse Designs says <laughs> to so do paper crafting demos. The goal of the channel is to inspire others to create their own greeting cards. And the question is, what macro recorder app would you recommend for programming buttons on a Stream Deck when the platform doesn't have a hotkey for it? Um. So with the Stream Deck. Um, it's got like, yeah, if, if you can do, yeah, for a macro recorder, I see what you're asking. So basically you're like, okay, so I'm going to need something to record so that if I, you know, move my mouse from here to here and click on this and click on this. Yeah. I've, I, I don't do that personally. Um, for me, um, I, I just, you know, I, I just won't do it if they don't have like a hot key available. Um, I won't, you know, I, I, I won't use a macro in that regard. And I think part of that reason is because I'm always on like different computers and stuff and I have all my browsers synced up. I have everything synced up. So like, you know, on this computer, for example, um, you know, like my screen is a different size than it is, you know, um, on the Mac back there. And on the Mac back there, I've also got that G9 uh, as well. So it's like a super ultra wide, like 49 inch, I think it is uh, monitor so that, you know, the macros would be different there. So, um, so yeah, I, I don't do any of that. Wish I could help you, but, uh, but that's, that's out of my, uh, out of my, my uh, sphere of knowledge. So the uh, next channel is from OSR Garage. OSR Garage, they do automotive vehicle reviews. The goal of the channel is to review vehicles full-time on YouTube and reach 10,000 subs by the end of the year. Question is, thanks for all the great tips approaching 5,000 subs in a year and a half and getting my first uh, seven manufacturers' media vehicles for reviews. High five this fist bump to you. Nice work. Um, yesterday came across something you could touch on. Normally, when I release a video, it gets between 500 to 1,000 impressions in the first hour, then slowly climbs. With that, I usually get 8 to 15% CTR. Impressions increase, and CTR decreases over time. I use TubeBuddy AD, AB testing. Yesterday, I released a video, and it received 4,000 impressions in the first hour, four times more than usual, with a 0.08 CTR throughout the day. The CTR increased to 6.5. Was it the vehicle or content that caused the huge amount of impressions in the first hour? Also, this might be a reason not to change the thumbnails too quickly. So, when it comes to your videos, getting impressions, the thumbnails are not the only, are not the only thing. So, you know, a lot of content creators will think the same way to where it's like, Oh, Hey, you know, people click on this a lot. So therefore YouTube is giving it a lot of impressions. That's just part of the part of the pie. So, you know, there's, you know, how often are people clicking on it compared to how often they're shown, how often are new people clicking on it? How often are the people that are already engaging with your channel, clicking on it compared to not clicking on it. Once they do click on it, how far do they make it into the video? Once they make it through your video, what do they do next? after that? Are they subscribing? Are they liking it? Are they watching more videos? Like what's happening there? All of those things and more are are taken into context for the system to to where it's deciding if it should show, you know, the video to a lot more people or not. So that's kind of what goes on. Now, typically, the the thing that's surprising me here in your case, and I'm guessing it's because the data was just a little bit slow coming in is why you probably got that 0.8% CTR. Um, And then you said throughout the day, it went back up to like 6.5. So, um, typically when you first publish your videos, you have a higher CTR. And the reason for that is because YouTube is showing your content to the people that are the best fit for your videos. So because of that, that's usually the people that have interacted with your channel in some way, the people that are, you know, watching content recently, just like yours, that kind of stuff. Um, it's showing it to those people and those people are just more likely to respond to it. Right. So it goes out to that core group first and then based on how they respond, it goes out to more and then more and then more and then more. So what's. typically happens is it goes in reverse. So typically you'll have that higher click-through rate, you know, when it first gets started, and then as it gets more impressions and the video goes out to more general audiences, then in that case it can kind of, you know, push those numbers down quite a bit to where you're like, wow, this video's got a million views on it, but my click-through rate on this is like a, you know, 2% um, or a one you know five percent or whatever the thing is. Um, and you're like, it doesn't even make sense. You know, why isn't it higher? The reason that it's like that is because they, there's been a lot of people that have seen it. There's been a lot of impressions on that video. so. So what you experienced there, I'm going to guess, was a data lag more than it actually having a 0.08 uh, percent CTR. Because if it was that low, then it probably wouldn't have continued to get shown to people in order to get it to, you know, to to, to get those numbers up a bit. Um, great question though. So next uh, question that we have here is from Hobby Genix. They upload when they have time. Um, they have an entertainment channel for hobbies and crafting the goal of the channel is to entertain people and eventually make some money question videos on the YouTube trending page that aren't corporate seem to have descriptions that just launch into a sales pitch, merch, or a sponsor with no relation to the actual video. What are your thoughts on this? Seems counter to all advice. Does this work for certain types of channel or above a certain size? So when it comes to your video descriptions, um, your video descriptions are not going to be the thing that actually moves the needle for you. So your descriptions are taken for context in terms of, you know, just one more thing to help you, the system understand what your video is about and. It in addition to all the other information it's collecting. Um, however, you can have zero information in your description and you can still have a viral video. So it's not that the information in the description is necessarily going to cause the video to perform well. The thing that's going to cause the video to perform well is that the people that YouTube is showing it to are responding at a very competitive rate. And the people that are making consistent viral content, they know how to make that content. So because of that, they lean on that and then they prioritize the links to their merch and things like that because those are other ways that they monitor monetize the content. So when you see that type of thing, um, just keep in mind that you know you can have a video that if the title is great, thumbnail is great and the response to the actual video content is great. And you and even better if you can create like a like a flow through your content. So after people watch one video, they watch the next and so on. Um, then in that particular case, those videos can go to the moon and it doesn't matter if they have a description or not, because they're really good at getting people to just click and enjoy the content. So they, they make excellent content. They're excellent at what they do. and because of that they get those excellent results and they don't need to, Um, You know, spend as much time on like descriptions and, you know, those types of things. Um. Next on our list here, we've got somewhere in Korea is our next uh, question, this is question number 25. They do bi-weekly content. Um, it's, the channel is a travel within Korea channel. The goal is to make the number one Korea travel YouTube channel, I love it. And the question is, I moved from Korea to Canada and I recently updated my channel's country to Korea. When I did so, my viewer numbers dropped that same day. Does changing the channel country affect my channel's distribution? No, it doesn't. So um, I've actually had this conversation multiple times, even even recently, I reached out to my YouTube partner manager for this um, because I had a friend of mine that was changing, that was updating their their uh, information as well. So they were here in Thailand, and uh, you know they basically built the entire foundation of the channel here in Thailand, got like two hundred something thousand subscribers, and then um, they're like, "Hey, I'm like going to be moving." So since they were moving, they were updating the uh, information for the channel there, and uh, and the same exact thing. They're like, "Man, I, I like I don't want to do this because I'm like worried about it." And um, so before they made that change, I reached out to my partner manager and ask them, you know, if it, if it, you know, would make a difference or not. And according to them, no, um, it didn't make any difference uh, whatsoever. And um, I've since confirmed that also uh, with one other person. And um, in both of those, you know, scenarios, um, nothing, nothing changed on those channels. So it could have been a coincidence. Um, I don't know how big the drop was. I'm actually going to go look at your channel right here and just kind of see what's going on. Because it's possible hold on Depending on the views. Yeah. So, so so with the amount of views that you're, that you're getting, um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't like hold on to anything like that. So like, um, you know, like, you know, like a lot of your views, you're like, you know, 1.8,000 views, 4,000 views. Oh, you do have some up here, 13,000 views, 10,000 views. Um, but I would say a bigger problem in your case would be just like overall, like lack of consistency, um, would probably be, you know, your, your biggest issue in your particular case. Um, let me see if you're doing some shorts over here. Yeah, so these might be more recent. Oh no, you're not doing a lot of these either. So yeah, you don't you don't have like a lot of content in your channel. So like, I wouldn't even worry about that right now. So like, if you changed it to uh, Canada or you changed it to Korea, yeah, I wouldn't even worry about it, um, and you'll be fine in that regard. Just just keep uploading. And in your particular case, um, I would say more than worrying about the channel um, in terms of the country is I would just be you know thinking like, okay, how can I work the process of ideation, and then creating and publishing content into my lifestyle so that I can, you know, make sure that I'm publishing content on a regular basis for the people that are interacting with the channel. Um, let's see here. Great question, though. So next up, we've got uh, John Lewis. John Lewis says they do video essays. The goal of the channel is to educate people on social and political issues. The question is, not a question, but wanted to update you. You read my question a month or two ago about making long sell researched essays. Went from um, 8,000 to 11.5,000 subscribers. Just want to tell the audience listening to live streams and channel audience isn't enough. You have to apply it. Yep. You have to apply it all and niche down, and all advice doesn't work for every channel. For every 45-minute video I release, it's 20 minutes I cut out. Don't be afraid to kill your darlings. Thanks for all of the free advice. My pleasure. Glad that you're enjoying the content and thanks for the uh, feedback and congratulations on the uh, subscriber jump there too um i'm a let's see here. i'm a resell it i think emma resell it i'm not sure how to say that name but they do ebay reselling and the goal is to make money and the question is what can i do to get more views after a stream is ended great question so when it comes to live streaming um if you want to if you want your live streams to perform better after the stream is complete um it's going to come down to how you structure your live stream essentially what it is that you do at the beginning um so there's this thing where if you are, if you have a live stream and of course you have to be willing to get rid of the live chat when you do this, um, because you have to go into YouTube's editor and you have to cut it. But what I recommend in this situation, if you're wanting to get more views is first intentionally structure the video in a way or the stream in a way to where it makes sense for people coming in on the replay, right? Because if you have a stream and it's all messy in terms of the structure, you have like shout outs and countdown timers and all this other interruptive stuff for the content, then in that particular case, it's not going to be a great experience on the replay. So for example, In this stream today, it took me five minutes of just, you know, like, you know, giving some shout outs and doing my sponsor stuff and talking about Nate's channel and like all this stuff in order to actually get into the actual content, starting answering questions. So because of that, if I was really aggressive right now and I was like, Hey, I'm in that like mode where I'm trying to get like every possible view that I can possibly get, I would actually structure the stream differently. And what I would do is after I said all of that stuff, I would say, if you're just joining the stream, this is what we're doing. And what you do in that case is you just make a cut point. So if you want to get more views on your live stream replays first, make sure that the packaging makes sense in terms of your topic title and thumbnail that you're, that you're making for the stream. But By make sense, I mean, it makes sense for the people that you're trying to get to click on it because you need people to click on it to come in and enjoy the the replay. But um, uh, when it comes to the structure of your live stream, how you wanna do it is any of the like shout out stuff, countdown timers, all of that, do all of that at the very beginning. And then right before you start the actual content of the stream, that's where you say, if you're just joining the stream and then pause for a second and then say, we're uh you know i'm showing you this or you know we're playing this game and we're trying to accomplish this with this handicap or whatever the thing is or you know another type of uh you know hook that essentially would be designed for the replay viewer and then what you do is right after you say that then you get into the actual content but the space between if you're just joining the stream and whatever it is that you're going to say for the hook that is your cut point so then what you do is you go back into youtube's editor and then you cut it there and then the people coming in on the video replay because that's what it becomes then a video on demand the people that come in from that they don't see any of that other stuff they come in on like they hit the thumbnail or they hit the title and they come in and it's like hey we're playing Fortnite today and we are trying to get number one in battle royale um, without you know just using our axe or using our sword or whatever And that's what we're trying to do so let's get into it and then you start playing the game right um so you know in your case because you're doing ebay reselling so then in that case it's like you know hey um uh when they come in on the replay you're like uh you know uh i'm sharing the best tips with you to you know help you increase your the amount of you know uh money that you're making from reselling on ebay uh we're gonna be talking about all of these different you know things And the very first thing is blah. And then you actually, you know, do the thing. So the whole idea is just to structure the stream in a way to where you can post optimize that stream for the sake of the replay. So if you're somebody that's like growing your channel from live streams and that kind of stuff, this is extremely, extremely important to do. Um, And it can really, you know, make a big difference when it comes to how people respond to to your replays. Next up, we've got playing the mom game. They do bi weekly content, but on YouTube for less than three, uh, six months. Sorry. Um, the type of channel is lifestyle and educational. The goal of the channel is to create videos with practical advice that are also entertaining to watch. And the question is I'd like to try social hacking in a thumbnail, but get caught up on what images I can use of celebrities. Um, are there rules to what images are okay to use versus not okay? Does it vary by celebrity? Thanks for all of your help. So, when it comes to using like celebrities and things like that in thumbnails, keep in mind that people can give you DMCA um, or they can submit. DMCA notices um, for thumbnails as well you can get in trouble um, or get copyright strikes for um, for using something in a thumbnail that you don't have the rights to use so keep that in mind some people will you know say that hey it's fair use and things like that there's humongous YouTube channels um, a friend of mine he actually has a YouTube channel talking to entrepreneurs and a lot of his content you know like we've got like Steve Jobs in the thumbnail we've got Lewis howe in the thumbnail we've got you know all of these you know famous people in the thumbnails and that's the of the thumbnail. Um, they try to modify them a bit so that you know, so that it's a different from the original image. But technically, you know, some of those could, you know, cause a problem. So one thing that you can do is if you go to Wikipedia, and you look for the person, um, you can actually click into each image on Wikipedia for that person. And you can see the rights for those images. In some cases, they just want attribution. In some cases, no attribution is required at all. So, um, so for the ones that you're making in that particular case, if you want to play a hundred percent safe, then you would want to make sure that you're using images that you, that you can use, um, through, you know, not having to give attribution or anything, but. If you're like, Hey, I'm wanting to roll the dice on this and I think it'll probably go under fair use. And a lot of people, you know, on YouTube are doing this. Then in that case, you know, just know that, you know, it is, it is a risk. You'll probably be fine, but it is, you know, it is a little bit of a risk. People do that with YouTubers too, where they'll take, you know, a YouTuber's face and then they'll put that, you know, in their, in their thumbnail. And, um, you know, technically, you know, the, the person, you know, might, depending on how it was used, be able to uh, submit a DMCA uh, takedown for that. Um, let's see here. Next up on our list, number 29, we've got, uh, Ripsy Drippy. Love it, love that channel name. I love ch- fun channel names like that. Um, they do that that like this could be that that could be a cartoon. That could be like a whole cartoon uh, thing. Ripsy Drippy. Anyway, uh, gaming and entertainment content. The goal of the channels to entertain and hopefully make someone's day better. I also want to have financial freedom through what I love, which is making content. And the question is, how do you get unstuck in views, subscribers, etc.? You got to do something different, or you got to do it better. One of the two. So you know sometimes as a content creator, you just get used to doing things how you do it, and it becomes just kind of second nature to you, and since it becomes second nature to you, you just continue you know, doing it the way that you do it, even when it doesn't work anymore, and uh, because of that, one thing that, uh, you know, can happen is you can just get stale, right? Like your audience, you know, maybe doesn't evolve with you or maybe because you're not evolving, you know, the audience just gets stale with what it is that you're doing and all of that. So because of that, you got to shake things up a little bit. Uh, maybe it's a different offering. Maybe it's changing how you're doing things. Maybe it's just completely changing like your scene, your branding, like all of those types of things. Maybe it's pivoting the content in one way or another. Like, um, you know, you got to like, you know, if you keep hitting the wall, then you got to you know, like you either have to. Be so sure in what it is that you're doing that you you know that that you keep doing it to the point that you know that that you do start getting results because the right people are seeing it and things like that and you learn how to target them better. Um, so there's either that or you got to figure out how to do something different if you keep running into that wall, like climb the wall or walk around the wall or dig a hole under the wall, right? Or if you're in the if, if you know or realize there is no wall, right? Like um you know you you, you gotta you gotta you gotta work around that sort of uh, that sort of thing. But if you want if you want to get unstuck with anything, it usually comes down to a change. And on the wall thing, you know, it's always a good reminder to just remember that there's no ceilings, there's no floors, there's no walls, only opportunities and doors. So um, Terry Cutbertson says they upload one time per week or more. Um, The type of channel is Christian reaction videos and Bible training. The goal of the channel is to respond to positive Christian culture and to teach biblical principles. The question is, I've used the channel name um, Terry Cuthbertson for over 10 years. I have in the last six months, I've been making a podcast called Kingdom Team Live and have had some success with several of the videos. Should I change my channel name to the podcast name? Let me look at your channel really quick, and I'll give you a specific answer here. Um, yep, I would. Yeah, because you've been going for, um, you know, like a long time now. And it looks like you are, you know, going in on this podcast now. So as long as you are going to continue moving forward with the podcast, and you are like committed to that, like, yeah, we are definitely 100% going to be rolling with this podcast for the next foreseeable future, um, or for the foreseeable future then in that case, yeah, um, I would definitely uh, I would definitely just change it to that. Because the whole idea is that people are looking for it, right? Um, technically, you could you technically you could just make sure that you have the name of the podcast and like your video descriptions and stuff, and then that can help it surface. If you wanted to keep your your actual name instead of the podcast name, but if you're trying to build the podcast as a brand, then in that case, yeah, I would I would change the channel to that. Swiss Media TV says, "Do you own this channel, Nick? Yes, I do. Um, This is 100% my channel. I started this um, channel on a whim to um, collect email addresses. Was the original reason that I started this channel. And I'm guessing you're asking that question because of what happened to uh, you know the the, you know because of the channel makers thing. So uh, when it comes to this, yeah, everything here is me." Um, you know, this started, um, back in 2014 with me coming onto YouTube, because at that particular time, um, I basically, I was doing like, you know, I was working with like clients and stuff, doing design stuff. And, you know, through that, you know, I just didn't want to do that anymore. So because of that, I started looking for other solutions. I got into some general internet marketing stuff. And one of the things that I kept seeing on a place called the warrior forum, I don't even know if it's still around, but on the warrior forum, um, they were talking about how. Uh, you know, like YouTube is great right now for getting emails and this is back in 2014. So I'm like, okay, um, I don't want to be that person on YouTube. I don't want to be a YouTuber. Honestly, I didn't, I I was like, yeah, I'm not that, I'm not that person. I don't think people will like me. Um, you know, like at that time, you know, I'm like, yeah, you know, I'm probably, you know, too old to even be starting a YouTube channel in the first place. You know, I was in my thirties and, uh, uh, you know, I had all these like big barriers that a lot of content creators have. Um, and then I was like, you know what, let's just go for it. Um, and then I published my very first video on my channel, which was how to overcome camera shyness. And the only reason that it was that video was because that particular video, um, was solving a problem that I was having. So I'm like, okay, I worked my way through this in order to publish this video. So let me share with other people how I kind of overcame that. And that was my first video from there. I started doing random stuff because I didn't understand YouTube at that time. Like I was learning a lot, just like you guys are watching my channel learning from me. I was watching uh, Daryl leaves. I was watching Tim Schmoyer. I was watching watching Gideon Shawick, James Wedmore. Those were kind of like my, you know, like my my inspirations at that time for, you know, not my inspirations. They were they are just learning. James was an inspiration, but I was just using the other channels as more of like a learning thing, just like you guys, you know, do with mine. And and at that time like I didn't understand the idea of like you know having a niche channel and stuff like that so I would have like how to overcome camera shyness and then I would have how to name your next project because that was what I was dealing with in my experience at the time so in that particular case I was you know I made a video about like how to name like if you are starting a new blog or a new digital product or something like that like you know how do you come up with a name so I was just sharing the resources that I used in order to do that um and then I would talk about like okay here's another thing I'm, I'm like trying to figure out how to come up with a lot of video ideas so I figured out you know know how to do that efficiently. So I'm like, Hey, let's make a video on how to come up with uh, video ideas. And then, you know, in the comments of that, some people are like, Hey, do you have any ideas for channels? Hey, let's make a video or let's make some videos about, uh, you know, some channel ideas and then people enjoyed that. Um, and then, you know, I would do a little bit based on the comments, but I was doing that while also sharing my experiences. So for example, uh, another video that I made was how to stay productive when you're working in a coffee shop, because that was another thing that I was doing at that point in time. So it was just, you know, a reflective of my life experience. And I had no intention of, you know, this being like a YouTube help channel or anything like that. It was just like a, Hey, let's just do this, um, and try to get some emails and just kind of, you know, go with that. I had no real, no plan or goal with the channel. And then everything changed. Um, I got the opportunity to work with somebody that knew what they were doing, Daryl leaves. And when I, uh, had that opportunity, I took it and we started another YouTube channel called all our questions. It's still online. You can go watch it right now. Um, and that channel, I think it's got maybe 16 or 17,000 subscribers on it. Um, but that particular channel, um, the whole thing with that was like, Hey, you know, um, you know, I, you know, I'm going to work with you on this channel. And I was like, this is amazing, yes, let's do it. And the channel's awesome. Like, and I I like that channel better than I like this channel in terms of the content. This channel adds more value, so I like that, but in terms of making the videos. I loved that channel, still love it. I'll still go and watch those videos sometimes, that's how much I love it. But um, with that particular uh, channel, one of the, problems that i had there was that it wasn't making income yet it was growing because you know we used daryl's expertise so like you know it got moving right away like there wasn't like a delay like this channel took me uh five months to get 150 subscribers that channel like i had a thousand subscribers in like hardly any time at all um, on that particular channel because you know we were leveraging you know what daryl knows about youtube so you know we're able to get it moving quick got you know a nice strong community there you know high engagement all the stuff that you want as a youtuber However, the problem with that channel was at that time it wasn't creating an income yet. And I was just kind of, you know, constantly, you know, working at it and I was also doing, you know, my other, you know, design stuff and you know other, you know, projects trying to make money. And because of that the amount of time that it took me to make those videos, like it took me like you know a really long time, and I'm sure you know a lot of you are probably in, in the same boat where it takes you a long time to make your content. So like it would take me a long time. So because of that, one of the things that um, that I was kind of faced with is I was waking up and I wanted it all so much that I would wake up and I was working from like the time I woke up until the time I went to bed and then wake up the next day, do that again do it again, do it again, again. and my social life suffered from it, my mental health suffered from it, (laughs) like my sleep (laughs) suffered from it, Um, but it was necessary, right, like none of this would have happened if it wasn't for that, but it was necessary, but what ended up happening is I just burned out, I just couldn't sustain it after I think about like nine or ten months of doing that, Um, and because of that, um, I was like, you know, I I think there might be like 80-something videos on the channel, I made I think 90-something videos, but um, uh, uh, I just couldn't sustain it in terms of my energy and the time that it took to do everything i just couldn't i couldn't do it so because of that instead of saying which is what which is something that i should have done instead of saying like okay hey i'm just going to slow down my uploads and maybe just upload a little bit less to give myself a little bit of a cushion here instead of doing that um, just based on the information I was working with at the time, I'm like, okay, I love YouTube, I'm hooked, I wanna do this, but instead, I'm gonna go back to this other channel and I'm gonna make that content over there because it was faster, right? Because I wanna do this YouTube thing, but it's faster. So I came back and since I had the YouTube bug, I was like, okay, I, gotta, I, I have to get this to a point to where I'm, I'm able to go all in on YouTube. So what I did was I created a website, it's still online today, called tubertools.com, and I made that, and it was just a store. But I also offered services for YouTubers. So because of that, I'm like, okay, well, since I have this store, I need to get in front of people that make YouTube videos. So um, I basically just started making videos about all kinds of different things, you know, related to YouTubers. And uh, people started finding that website, and they started hiring me to do like, you know, their branding. So I would do like, you know, graphic kits for like lower thirds and transitions and end screens and channel art and you know all of that stuff. And then You know, that was great. And it allowed me to go away from the other work and focus on just working with content creators and then making videos myself. And then I added the membership side to that site. And then that, when that happened, that was kind of like the full disconnect where it's like, okay, now I don't even have to do services anymore. Now I can just focus all in on like making YouTube videos and driving traffic to the website, which I did. And um, to this day, there's still, you know, I, I still have members there that signed up like, you know, years and years and years ago. Um, cause we update like three times a week into that website. Like it's, it's cool. We don't get tons of traffic on it anymore, but, um, uh, but it's, it's, you know, it's great, great service. I should actually like promote it more, but anyway, um, uh, so that allowed me to go like, you know, all in, um, on YouTube. But, uh, what ended up happening that got me into like the YouTube help space was I made a video about how to get your videos to show up in search because I was really good at getting my videos to rank in search at the time. So... I made a video it detailing, okay, this is what I do. You know, this is, you know, I make sure I do this, make sure I do this, I research it like this, blah, blah, blah. And in the comment section, people are like, oh my God, this is, this is amazing. Can you give us another one of these? So I'm like, okay. And then I just started responding to the comments. YouTube has this thing and you hear it all the time. And it resonates deeply with me because of the position that I'm in now. But YouTube, they they say that the algorithm follows the audience, right? So another thing that you can do as a creator is follow the audience too. So in that case, I started just being like, hey, uh, you know, like if they're wanting more content like this, I'm gonna give them more content like this based on what I know. And then from there, once I started doing that, then more people started coming into my channel that were trying to figure out things about YouTube. And then I started having people reach out to me for consulting. And at first, because consulting consulting wasn't even a thing that I had planned. Like that was zero percent. I didn't plan to consult. I didn't plan to like speak on stages. I didn't plan any of that stuff. So basically people started reaching out for me for consulting. And I'm like, sorry, I don't offer that. And then I had one person was like, could I just be your first person? Like, you know, maybe I'm not going to expect a lot. Can we just work together? You know, because you seem knowledgeable and see if you can help. And I did. And, you know, we started like we turned their channel around and we got them moving. And um, and I was like, okay, yeah, maybe I, I'm good at this. Let me, you know, take on another person that reaches out. And then another person reached out and I took that one, same exact thing happened there. And then that just started happening. And the next thing, you know, I'm doing consulting, like is like a, a huge chunk of my time and what I was doing. Um, and during that particular part of the process, I start, cause I'm, I'm in Asia, right? So almost everybody that I was working with was in the States. So doing that got me into that same situation that i was in before to where like i'm having to adjust my sleep schedule and all this weird stuff in order to accommodate that so i started pulling back on the amount of you know people that i was working with and i would just work with like a handful of like long-term people and that worked out you know great for a while and then while i was doing all of that i started going really hard on the more passive stuff like you know affiliate marketing and those types of things and then those got to a point to where i'm like man I, i like i could just do that and, and I'm like, you know, I'm doing great. Right. So, um, so because of that, I started pulling back on some of the consulting stuff and then I started mixing it because of the time requirement. I started mixing it with like, okay, I'm doing some like occasional paid stuff and then I'm doing like a lot of free help. So then I would start helping people like, you know, somebody would say something in a comment and then I would just like hit them up because I'd look at their channel and it would look like it would have potential. And then I would just, you know, like help them. Um, they would hit me up on Twitter and a DM or Instagram and a DM or something and I would just help them. And I still do that sometimes don't like, you know, I don't want a flood of, you know, DMS about it, but <laughs> But, you know, like, uh, um, like you know, uh, I have a, a lot to where, you know, like somebody will hit me up somewhere and I'll look at the channel. And if it looks like they're trying to do all of the stuff that maybe they're just like missing something, like I'll be like, hey, okay, give me access to your channel. I'll go and look at stuff. And I, you know, I'll, like I'll go in and I basically will consult with people sometimes for free just to one, access the data because, you know, you like when you do what I do now, you know, you have to have access to that stuff. So because of that, you know, um, I would, you know, get, uh, or I get, uh, data access there. And then the exchange there is that I also, you know, give them tips and, you know, things that they can do to, uh, to help. So I have like multiple YouTube accounts and things like that to where I have like just lists of all these channels (laughs) I have access to. So it's kind of, it's, it's kind of interesting because then when something's like weird on YouTube, I can go and I can look across channels and I can see like, okay, this seems to be happening, you know, and, and, you know, all these different, you know, um, scenarios or whatever. But anyway, Um, so this whole thing, I didn't initially have the plan, but, um, but once I, you know, came back and I was like, okay, I need to monetize quickly. And then I, you know, deployed that whole strategy and that worked. And then basically it's just been stepping up, you know, stepping up from there. Um, so yeah, 100% ownership, um, of this, of this channel currently I've considered because, um, um, I'm putting out a course soon called tuber school. And, um, with that particular, uh, course I've considered, um, kind of rebranding the channel as tuber school and having people, you know, also help me make content as well, just so that, you know, we can get more content out and all of that. However, I don't know if I'm going to, um, cause I like having it around my name and, you know, that kind of stuff. And, and if I do it around, if I did rebrand it around tuber school, then in that case, you know, like, uh, you know, it's that, And I'm not really sure, you know, how I feel about that, but still kind of working on that in my own brain. But yeah, it's just interesting though how the, you know, how the, how the process goes through. But in terms of, you know, this being my channel, yes. There's never going to be a day to where I'm going to pull back a curtain and then you're going to be like, oh, wow, there's like all of this, right? Now, I do have help with my channel now. Um, but even with that help, you know, I still edit, you know, some of my videos and that kind of stuff. Um, like, for example, like the news video that just went out um, on Friday, like I edited that when I edit all of the news videos, um, when they're a piece of video content, when they're live, obviously I'm, I'm doing that. But um, but all of the news videos, like I edit those, I usually edit my shorts, um, you know, just because I, I like that. I You know, I'm a creator also. Right. So because of that, like, uh, you know, uh, you know, I like to, you know, kind of stay in the trenches to an extent, um, you know, um, in order to, you know, just do what I enjoy, just like a lot of you are trying to do right now. Um, let's see here. So Roberto Blake says, I think new tuber school channel or rebrand them and extra. Yeah. Yeah. One of those two, I'm not sure yet. Um, but definitely, you know, that seems to be the path and Roberto, I'm sure you're probably thinking about this too, but that just seems to be the path in terms of, you know, like, uh, you know, like, you know, as, as a content creator, like, you know, technically you could do it forever, but, you know, as all of you here know, you know, this takes, it, it takes, um, an immense amount of energy, like to do it for a year, takes a lot of energy, um, to do it for two years, takes a lot more energy to do it for five years, takes a lot more energy to do it for 10 years, you know, cause I'm, I'm rolling up on nine years in September. So, you know, to do it for, you know, 10 years, you know, that takes just the amount of, you know, um, energy that that takes, um, you know, it's, it's pretty substantial. So, um, because of that, you know, having help with, uh, with content is, is, is definitely, uh, you know, something to, uh, to knock around in your brain, so to speak. So, okay. So next up on the list here, we've got, uh, okay, we did Terry already. And hey, really quick, because that question I believe was stemming from the channel makers thing. Um, so just as a heads up for those of you that do watch channel makers, Nate started a new YouTube channel. Um, that new YouTube channel is called Nate Black. Um, but I just dropped a link in here in the chat where you can go and you can actually you know subscribe to Nate's YouTube channel, uh, where uh, you know where he's actually doing everything himself. Um, his whole deal with the other thing was he was actually working for a company making those videos um, to drive sales into their course. And uh, with this, this is all him. He's just on, you know, everything, and he's starting from scratch. Um, so I just encourage you, if you are somebody that does watch Nate over at Channel Makers, that you go and you uh, that you go and support him on his new channel too, and then you get to follow his progress there uh, too. Teamwork makes the dream work. Absolutely, Doug. So next up, we got Daco Stories. Um, Daco Stories, um, they upload when they have time. Um, they have a documentary and factual channel. Um, the goal of the channel is to create a community of people who enjoy uh, hearing interesting and untold stories. Um, the question is, our brand channels um, post documentaries of variable lengths. Our most recent web series, The Tooth Doctors, is a large TV-style production, but the views are less across the series than a video that took us a few hours to make. What would be the best way to reach documentary lovers as a brand and not a creator similar to vice buzz, et cetera. So the, the way to reach them would be the same in terms of, you know, you got to make content that people respond well to the way that you position yourself as one of those brands is to hit the ground running as one of those, you know, as a similar brand. So, you know, like Vice, for example, they've got like, you know, entire teams that travel all over the world and make their, you know, content that work on their stories. So, you know, if you're if you're coming in on something like that and you have the ability to, you know, put something like that together, then do it, but then make sure that, you know, the videos that you're putting out are something interesting. Now, in addition to that, you know, since you are approaching it as a brand instead of a creator, you might also do, you know, more, you know, PR stuff, you might, you know, Get into maybe a little bit more advertising, maybe trying to put out like press releases and things like that around the stories that you're putting out. Um, but you know, if you're going to do you know some type of brand like BuzzFeed or Vice, in addition to your YouTube videos, I would also make sure that you have the web assets to you know support that, and also all the other social outlets as well um, to start you know putting all that together. But um, without question, like like they reach viewers the same way everybody else does um the difference is that they just have a lot of people putting the stories together and that they actually present themselves as the brand right so you need to make sure that you have all of that in place um in order to in order to do it um, let's see here as we keep going, we've got, uh, we number 32 now, um, in our questions and the channel is Her Heel Review. Um, they upload one time per week or more. The type of channel is movie and TV reviews. The goal of the channel is to build a community of people, but especially women who love movies. And the question is, I listened and took notes from a recent Mr. Beast video. And one of the things he mentioned was a community of individuals, four to five, who supported each other. I've been searching YouTube for the last week or so for other small movie channels, with women and haven't been successful. Do you think it matters if we're around the same size or should I reach out to larger um, creators? I hope this made sense. It makes total sense. So for everybody else here um, in the uh, stream, hey, I see it over there, Doug. I'll get to it here in just a second. Um, for everybody else here um, in the stream, when uh, what, what they're talking about here is Mr. Beast recommends That and the whole thing here is like YouTube's a lonely game. And if you learn just at your own pace, then you're only learning at your own pace. But if you are also in a small network group of like four or five or 10 other content creators who make content similar to you, um, or that are just content creators in general, but the you know, the closer they are to you, the better. Um, then in that particular case, you have all of these people that are putting out similar content and everybody can learn from each other. So you essentially let's say at 10 people, you're 10xing the speed at which you're learning about YouTube. So, um, so the idea is just having like a little network of other creators. Excuse me. So, um, what I recommend that you do In that particular case is continue you've been working on this for a week um so make sure that you continue your outreach i would outreach to content creators of all different sizes um it's free to send an email right so i would reach out to content creators of all different sizes and see if you can find people Um, i would make either like a facebook group or a discord or something like that and invite them to it let them know exactly what it is that you're doing. Hey, um, I'm putting together a team of, uh, um, or a group, uh, you know, a networking group of content creators who make, uh, what is it, you're doing movie channels. Okay, so content creators with movie channels, women, um, creators with movie channels, so that we can um, you know, better understand YouTube and better understand how our audience at scale responds to content so we can all do better. Um, if you're interested in this, here's a link to the Discord group. Come on in, um, and uh, and and I'll see you in there or your Facebook group, whatever. Um, and I, I would just send those emails out. So on YouTube, I w- I would do two approaches here. On YouTube, there's an about me. uh, Every channel has an about me page. On the channels that are set up properly, they have an email that is on the about me page. That is under the business inquiry um, button. So when you click in there, you're going to get their email, and then you can just send them an email with your pitch, you know, for the networking group. And then, um, of course, you can also use Twitter for this as well, sending either DMs or just tweeting at people, you know, that sort of thing. Um, But I would be, you know, aggressive to an extent. But I would also make sure that when you are doing this. um, make sure that you know you have all of your you know buttons i don't know the phrase there buttons lined up ducks lined up in a row um uh so that when people go and they check out what you're doing they're like okay yeah this is definitely you know this is definitely somebody that i want to uh do because you know they're uploading consistently you know their content like you know like technically you know maybe it you know it looks good or sounds good or whatever the thing is um you know like uh i would definitely make sure that you're you know at your best and then from there, you know, I would start. I would start reaching out to uh, to people through email and through uh, DMs on Twitter and Instagram and stuff. Learn Spanish World says that they upload one time per week or more. They've been on YouTube for a year or more. They do educational content. Um, the goal of the channel is to provide value to my, to my community while I do my utmost to become a full time YouTuber. The question is, there's a Spanish YouTuber, he's huge, and used to have the second biggest uh, YouTube channel, second only after PewDiePie. Oh, interesting. He still does his own editing and looks after his channel alone. How? He's got more than 100 million subs on both of his channels. His name is Gernman Gernmedia, and he has two channels with approximately 50 million people. Is it really possible to run a big channel without hiring editors and a team to help you? He's mentioned it on several occasions that he almost lost his channel once, so he does everything himself. Yeah, it is possible. So, like, If all you do is YouTube, then in that particular case, you can absolutely handle something like that um, if you choose to. Um, if you're doing like YouTube, plus you have other things that you do around the channel, or you're also making like, you know, products and you know, that kind of stuff, or you're making content for other people too. And like that kind of stuff, that's where it's like, okay, well, you know, I, I have like a, a wall or a limit of sorts, um, that I, that I, that I hit here in terms of how much I can handle. That's where you start, you know, bringing in help. But if like all you're doing is making YouTube videos and that's the same exact thing that you've been doing, um, or that he's been doing for however long he's been on YouTube. and that's just part of how he operates without question like you know if if just because you have a lot of followers or a lot of subscribers and just because you have a lot of views doesn't mean that your work necessarily is guaranteed to increase outside of comments the only thing that changes is of course the outreach, right? People like wanting to work with you in some capacity. But if he's managing um, his own like brand deals and stuff like that, even that doesn't take too much time because you're only putting out so much content and you only have so much inventory. So as soon as he understands that, then he knows, you know, hey, sorry, I'm booked up until here so we can work something out, but it's going to have to go in here, right? So it's super easy there. And then, from there, everything just comes down to you know how efficient um he is at editing his video content and getting his videos out on time. technically, if if people really wanted it, um like like in your case, right? Because you do like where you teach people, just like I do. Technically, I could sit down today, uh, or I could sit down tomorrow, um because my day's over. It's like nine fifty five. um but but technically, I could sit down tomorrow and I could make probably 12 videos. Um, they probably wouldn't be the best videos ever, but I could sit down and I could make 12 videos tomorrow um, and I could just spend the next handful of days, you know, um, editing up those videos and then I could take off for the next, you know, uh, you know, month or two months um, it, without, you know, if I wasn't live streaming, um, I could take off, you know, the next like two months and just publish those videos out for, you know, let's say a week's worth of work, right? So if it's just YouTube and nothing else, then yeah, it takes time, but it's Way more manageable, but as soon as you start doing other things, that's when you know it can start getting you know more complicated, and that's where people need help. But um, one thing that that can also happen. Is people, it's not just about the workload. It's also about like if you are getting people to respond to what you're doing, but you know it can be better, then in that case, you might hire an editor, not because you don't like to edit or not because you're too busy, but because you're trying to make your videos better, right? So, in order to do that, it's like, hey, let me hire somebody that's better than me at editing so that I can make better videos, <laughs> right? So then it kind of cuts out that part and then, you know, they can work on, you know, some of the videos and I work on some of the videos and, you know, what they put out. If it, you know, gets the better response, then you'll probably have them make more videos for you same thing with thumbnails like i just hired somebody to make thumbnails i've always made my own thumbnails not on the clips channel. I had somebody, uh, doing, um, some those, but I could never find anybody that I was happy with. Um, but on this channel, I just hired somebody to, um, to start making thumbnails uh, for this channel as well. And I still love making thumbnails, so I'm still going to make them, but I just want thumbnails to test. Right. So it's like, Hey, here's mine. Let's see if theirs is better than mine. And, um, and you know, and and I'm going to be using them for testing purposes. Um, and in some cases I'm just going to use them as like the thumbnail and see how people respond to them. But, um, but I'm, I'm doing that for the sake of like, okay, this is how people respond to what it is that I do. Let me see how people respond to, you know, what this other person does. Cause they work with a lot of other, like, you know, big YouTube channels and stuff. So, um, so I'm like, Hey, let's, let's give it a shot and see, uh, see how it goes army men films is our next question. Um, they upload when they have time, they do stop motion and gaming content. The goal is to share their hobbies. The question is my YouTube channel is a stop motion channel, but lately I've gotten into gaming on the channel. Should I create a second channel or do nothing? So, um, when it comes to YouTube, like this all comes down to like what it is that you want. Like there's, there's a lot of like, you know, details, um, in this particular question, like right now you've got 20 subscribers on the YouTube channel with 20 videos. Um, so like what you're doing right now on the experimentation side is just kind of normal. So one thing that you YouTube recommends is in a situation like yours, like when you're like, Hey, I'm doing this. And then I want to try this for a while. And I'm going to try this. Like if you're, if you're making content and people, you know, um, you're just not getting that traction that you want. One thing that YouTube recommends is like, you know, just make videos about things that you love when you're first getting started. And then as soon as you have something start to get a lot more attention, you know, one specific type of content, start to get, uh, you know, uh, uh, more attention then double down on that. Right, so that's one of the things that YouTube recommends. So, um, in that case, because right now you're at 20 subscribers, so I would not stress about it too much. Um, the only thing that I would just be mindful of is, you know, let's say you start making, you know, you have a bunch of gaming videos, and then out of nowhere, one of your stop motion videos blows up. Then it could create some complication there temporarily. Um, but you know, right now, yeah, I would, I would just, uh, if you're wanting to make that switch, I would go ahead and just make the switch on the same channel. I wouldn't sweat it too much. Um, let's see here. Next on our list, great way to put that. Chantel says sometimes you just need to stop being the bottleneck. Absolutely, absolutely love that. Yeah, one thing that I'm really good at is standing in my own way. (laughs) So, I got this thing, I was actually sharing it with Chantel. I've got this, um, I've got this, uh, guy. That um, it's this course thing that I'm going through on like setting up like this content distribution system essentially, and uh, it's pretty it, like it's pretty crazy. But like uh, uh, that's another one of those things where I'm also thinking like, okay, how can I how can I kind of you know ramp up what it is that I'm doing um, because you know I know that in this day and age you know of course you know more videos that you have out there you know once you learn how to make that you know content that adds value to people like you know when you scale that out then you know often it ends up you know being beneficial so because of that. Oh yeah. Hey, thanks, Doug. I'll go in there right now. But because of that, um, you know, I'm actually, you know, in the process right now of seeing if I can pull off something like that in terms of like, uh, or figuring out how to pull it off. It's not seeing, I know I can, it's just figuring out, you know, like I need to do this and then this and then this in order to make that happen. Um, uh, but yeah, like with that, you know, situation, I'm gonna need help too. So, um, a couple of messages here really quick. Um, so we have architectural sheet metal. I got that one already. So, um, uh, 86 left a uh, member message here. Member for 16 months says, how would you recommend using threads to promote your YouTube channel? I was horrible with Twitter and don't want to mess it up. So one thing that, um, I would recommend for any who, who here's on threads already Um, by the way, I know they've got like 70 million users already or something crazy, but, um, if you're on threads already, make sure that you follow me over there. Um, by the way, over at threads also make sure that you follow me on TikTok. Also, I'm almost to the threshold there. Oops. I'm almost to the threshold there where I can, uh, start live streaming over there also. So make sure you're uh, following me on both of those. But when it comes to promoting your YouTube channel in those places, one of the things that, um, that I would just like to encourage you to think about is if somebody's on threads, yes, you can share you know, your content with them and have them come over to YouTube. But in terms of using it solely as a promotional vehicle for your YouTube channel, the only real way to do that is by adding value to people there. And then growing a following there while also having people from your youtube channel follow you over there as well um combining those two things to grow a following through the value that you're providing over on threads or twitter or wherever and then since they're all targeted in terms of you know there are people that are into what it is that you do like in your case you're helping people you know be uh you know helping people that are chefs right so as you find people that, you know, or as people find you that are chefs and find value in what it is that you're doing, they're going to, you know, follow you. And then when you start sharing YouTube videos over there, some of those people are going to be likely because they're into the things that you're talking about and they follow you already. Some of those people are going to be likely to come over and and start interacting with your YouTube channel as well. But one thing that I always recommend in, in any scenario is when it comes to each individual platform, like respect the platform and respect the viewers on the platform, like let them know that you have stuff available. Hey, I just published this video or you know whatever. But as soon as you start making your entire feed, hey, come over and follow me here. Hey, go make sure you check out my YouTube channel. Hey, make sure you check out my YouTube channel. Hey, make sure you check out my YouTube channel. Hope everybody's having a great day. Make sure you check out my YouTube channel. As soon as you do that, then it starts becoming like, oh gosh, I'm gonna unfollow this guy because he's just constantly cramming his YouTube channel down my throat versus People over on threads having conversations, people over on Twitter having conversations. So have conversations have conversations with other chefs, get into the threads of, uh, you know, the comment threads on Twitter or, you know, into actual threads app and, um, you know, just get into conversations where cooks are are having conversations and where, um, you know, chefs are having conversations and use that as a way and those conversations as a way to spread more awareness about you, your knowledge, and your experience. And by doing that, you'll have that trickle over to where it's like, hey, you know, I followed them here, didn't even know they had a YouTube channel. Now they posted that YouTube channel on their feed. I'm gonna go check that out and then come over and, 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 you know, subscribe to their YouTube channel because, wow, these videos are exactly what I wanted or what I've been needing, right? So, um so like, I'm, I'm just a big believer in just respecting the platforms and doing, you know, the, the organic stuff on the platforms. And then as you're growing the followings there, then just kind of spreading awareness about the other things that you do. Um, let's see here. Next up, we've got Saed Abdullah Al Naqib. I hope I said that correctly. Um, they do a faith-based channel. The goal of the channel is to make more people connect with God and become better people spiritually, physically, etc., as well as educate them about religion and religious history. The question is, what would you advise? Uh, your advice be to grow a faith-based channel? Um, so when it comes to this, um, me personally, like I'm, I'm, you know, I, I'm, I'm just not into all of that. Um, so I'm probably not the best person to ask about that, but. Um, the core foundation of you know growing any YouTube channel is understanding who it is that you're trying to reach. So in your case, are you trying to reach people that are, Because you say to make more people connect with God and become better people spiritually? So in that particular case, you're not just feeding people the information that they're already aware of, right? Because they're already a follower of God, but instead you are trying to introduce people. So because of that, you need to sit there and go through the process of like, okay, What can I use to introduce people to God? And it might not be content about the Bible. It could be content about something else because, you know, somebody's not like me, right? I'm not into uh, religion. So because of that, if I get suggested something on YouTube um, that has, you know, something to do with all of that, then it makes, like it has no, like I'm like, yeah, I'm not gonna watch that, why would I watch that, right? YouTube doesn't even suggest me that stuff. But like if it did, I'd be like, I'd just go right past it because I'd be like, yeah, I'm not into that. So if you're trying to introduce people, then you can do that through making content about anything and then just making sure that, you know, that you mention those types of things in your video as a way to bring people to it. So, you know, one thing that you might wanna do there is think about other types of content that you could make and then do live streams occasionally once you build your following up and let people know that. At, you know your religious feelings there. Let them know what it is that you you know um, that you know basically use that as your vehicle to spread awareness um, um, about you know about your God. So like you know a good example of this, um, and he doesn't go like too overboard um, um, in terms of getting. And I don't mean overboard in terms of it like being like offensive or anything. What I mean by overboard is he doesn't mix it in so much that it becomes a distraction. But if you look at Think Media, for example, you know like through his content, um, you know like he he has established just like a amazing brand on youtube but one thing that he'll occasionally do is he'll bring in like bible verses or he'll just have like a youtube short or maybe a part of a video where he talks about his beliefs and you know those types of things so you know in that particular case if you were watching his content then you know that that piece of content might make somebody go like oh wow i didn't even know that you know he was into that and that seems interesting and he seems like a smart guy and he's into that so um, you know maybe i should look into that you know also and you know through that type of content it might be you know Kind of like a gateway, you know, for some people. Rodney Full Circle says, um, "Thank you, Nick, for all the work that um, that you do. I finally was able to launch my channel. Excited! You, along with others, have helped me learn how to start this. I have 52 subs. I have a lot more to learn, but yay! Congratulations to you! High five and fist bump to you for taking that first step. It's the hardest, right? The hardest thing to do is take that first step. I have a friend of mine, um, and and if you're listening to this, you know, don't take offense to this, um, but I have a friend of mine." He's been starting a YouTube channel or thinking about starting a YouTube channel or wanting to start a YouTube channel for like four years now, maybe longer. Um, so, So the hardest thing is actually getting going and making those first videos and actually being like, okay, I'm going to do it, and here we go. And actually, going through the process of making it happen, and you've done that part. So from now, everything comes down to like tweaking and understanding and building up your skill set. So you've already gotten past the hardest part. Congratulations to you! High five this month for uh, for 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 having the courage to uh, to jump in and make it happen. Um, let's see here. So next up on our list here, we've got. Um, we've got Afro Yonko, Afro Yonko does a gaming channel. The goal of the channel says I I upload to give people news, but I also do some gameplay videos um, were received well, and some supporters ask for more gameplay videos. I also review games question is, I have, um, I've been uploading on YouTube since 2019. I've had a steady growth since then, um, a large part to your help. I'm curious as to what are the best analytics to study to figure out what I should be uploading? And how do I figure out the best topics to make videos about? So um, first, think more, like initially, when you're like, okay, what video should what what topics should I make videos about? So that first thing um, is gonna lead to what it is that you should be uploading, right? So the very first thing that you should be doing is you should be thinking about, okay, so if it's gonna be gameplay videos, if that's gonna be your thing, or if you're doing like reviews, the very first thing to do is think, okay, who is it that I want to be watching my video content, right? First think, what type of content do I wanna make? What is it that I want to accomplish with YouTube? And then think, okay, like who, who is it that I actually want to be watching my content? Well, if you want gamers to be watching your content, then in that case, Gamers are going to be interested in game reviews and gamers are going to be interested in gameplay videos. So those would be two different pillars of content. Um, one, some people will call that buckets. So basically, one of your buckets would be you know, review games, and you would grow an audience based on that. You would have some crossover that would watch the gameplay videos, and then you'd have another one that would be uh, gameplay videos. And then those would be two things, but they're both serving the gaming you know, community. Um, of course, you might be able to dial those in a little bit tighter um, to make it a better fit, but overall, you, know, you would have your gameplay videos that would connect with gamers who are into watching gameplay videos. And then you would have the review videos for people that are interested in... You you know the reviews. Now, one thing that could be a win, depending on the approach that you take is sometimes people will watch gameplay videos because they're thinking about getting the game and they're wanting to see what it's like. Um, and then in that particular case, you're also doing the reviews. So also making sure as, as part of it, that you're like, okay, Hey, I'm introducing people to new games, maybe. Um, and thinking of that when you're doing your gameplay videos to where you're like, Hey, if you're enjoying this game, just a heads up, you know, I, I did a review on this game. Um, so you can check it out here. I've done these different reviews, clicking into this playlist here, that type of thing. Um, but at the end of the day, you just want to make sure that you're targeting a very specific group of people. And then outside of that, just start thinking like, Okay, how do I how do I serve them in the best way possible and give them more of what it is that they want. In terms of analytics, things that you always want to be focused on. I've actually got shorts on my channel and videos on my channel about this, but the things that you always wanna be focused on is how often are people clicking on my videos compared to how often YouTube is showing them to people and where they're showing them to people. So a lot of people will just look at the upside down triangle inside of your reach tab that shows your click through rate and your impressions and how they led to watch time. That's all great, but it's also kind of averaged out across the traffic sources. Um, So what you wanna do if you're like, hey, I'm, I'm trying to just get a a better understanding of how people are finding my videos is you go into your YouTube traffic sources and you start looking there. So, okay, if somebody sees my content on a homepage and they click on it at a high rate, and then I also see that the average view duration are actually watching at a high rate, then in that particular case, you're probably going to continue to get a lot more, you know, homepage or browse traffic. Um, if you're like, Hey, um, you know, people are not responding to my content at all in suggested videos, then in that particular case, it allows you to see like problem areas. So why, why do you think they're not responding? Um, are they not responding because, um, you know, the information that's in your thumbnail is too small and maybe your title doesn't have the information that is important to the viewer at the front to help them identify what the content is and it's getting truncated. And therefore people don't really get good context of what the video is actually about. And because of that, they're not, you know, they're not actually, you know, able to even, you know, identify that that video is something they might want to watch. So, you know, when you go into your traffic sources report, it just helps you identify those things. And it shows you the, the, how long people are watching your videos for there too. But you want to look at all that, and then you also want to look at the retention on your videos, um, because your retention on your videos is a reflection of the experience that people are having when they're watching your content. So when you're looking at your retention, you have three different options. So you have the first option, which is your absolute retention, um, which is how people are responding specifically to your videos second by second, right? Um, and it's that graph that shows how they're responding to your videos second by second um, on average. And you want to look for problem areas there in terms of places where people are falling off. So for example, if you're like, hey, people come into my video, and they're just leaving right out of the gate, then that tells you, okay, I got to work on this part of my video, right? Because I can't get people past that point. So then that puts all of your efforts into that, right? And you use your analytics to understand those types of things. The next drop down in your retention reports is compared to other videos um, that used to be called relative retention. And um, you want to look at that because that shows you how your content is competing with other videos of a similar length. So if you're like way low across the board, then in that case, it's like, okay, well, I'm not I'm not doing that great here compared to other videos of a similar length. So therefore, I need to work on my skill sets and, and work on maybe putting more time and effort into my videos. Um, and then from there, you'll have the next drop down, which shows you very specific points, where where people are leaving your video as well. So it'll be like, hey, 38 people left here 100 people left here, to where you can also see those areas where people are abandoning the video as well, to where you look for those. And then you start looking like, okay, what was I doing before that happened? Um, how long was I talking before that happened? How long was I showing the thing before that happened? Did I I say something that might have been like offensive to people, like, you know, like what was happening right before all these people started leaving. And you use that information just to help you learn how to make better videos for people so the two you know important things are learning how to get people to click learning how to get people to enjoy the videos and then of course from there you want to make sure that you're also structuring everything right so that you're actually giving yourself the opportunity to pass people off to another piece of video content and that you're adding value enough that makes people want to subscribe that makes people want to like the video that makes people want to comment um, and if you are just paying close attention to your analytics and you're looking at how people are clicking how they're you know responding to the video content through the retention uh, reports and then and you also, you know, there, there's more detailed stuff where you can look at like your in-screen click-through rates and, you know, those sorts of things, returning viewers, coming back to the channel, which basically is an indicator of people watching videos, you know, like, hey, they watch this video, then they come back, they watch another video and then another video. Those types of things just help you better understand how people at scale are interacting with your content. So when you're, when you're in your uh, uh, analytics, just look for, you know, all of those things that I just listed. Um, Jason Perry says, what would be a reasonable amount to pay somebody for making thumbnails? It depends. So, um, it's really going to depend on the person. So for mine, um, it's $50 per thumbnail. Um, some people, um, charge a lot more. Some people charge a lot less. Like you can hop on Fiverr and you can get somebody that makes thumbnails for $5. Um, the difference is the person that is getting $50 They're getting $50 only because um, they actually came with very heavy recommendations from a few very uh, successful YouTube channels. So that tells me that that person, you know, they understand, you know, enough about YouTube that they can make a really good thumbnail that, you know, grabs people's attention, pulls them into a video. Um, So uh, if you go to Fiverr, you might work with somebody that that can make a pretty thumbnail, but it might not be an effective thumbnail. So when it comes to YouTube, your thumbnails need to be effective, they might even be ugly, but they need to be effective. That's what's most important. So because of that, um, you know, a wide variety, Um, Mr. Beast supposedly um, uh, has paid somebody, I think it was like $10,000 to make a thumbnail. Um, But you know, if you go over to like ytjobs.com or dot co. Um, that's Patty Galloway's, uh, site It's like a job resource for content creators. So, um, over there you can find people making thumbnails, you know, all the way up to like, you know, $500, you know, a thumbnail, um, $250 a thumbnail. I talked to one guy at uh bid summit, he was making thumbnails for, um, like some, you know, vi- viral type creators. And, um, his, his rate was like two fifty uh, per thumbnail. So, uh, so, you know, it, it varies across the board based on, you know, their experience and, you know, and all of that. But again, just be really careful when it comes to, Fiverr because again they can get it done so you know yeah they can make a thumbnail but how well do they understand youtube how well do they understand you know focusing somebody's attention and actually you know making them want to come in you know to the video for that great question though um let's see here okay we answered that one already okay turbo the tech nerd hope you're doing great welcome to the stream Sammy Sammy says ten thousand for a thumbnail. Thumbnail, I'm going to faint. Well, one thing to keep in mind there is um, is it's is that sounds extreme, right? But you also have to consider, like Mr. Beast, what he makes per video that he publishes, right? Like every video that he publishes, because he, you know, he he has you know immensely studied YouTube and you know the effort that he puts into you know what it is that he's doing and the cost and production and everything that he does. Like um, a ten thousand dollar thumbnail for him is an investment. Right. So the gain that he's going to get back on that $10,000 thumbnail, that's probably a drop in the bucket um, for that. Right. So it just comes down to, you know, the level that you're operating at. (laughs) So uh, nomadic uh, introvert says, does going live on the day that you post hurt your video views? I'm asking because I went live the uh, the day I post a video and my video views dropped that I normally get. So um, one thing that can happen is I've noticed that live streams can temporarily step on a video while you're live and a little bit shortly after you live, but then everything kind of stabilizes after that. So my guess as to why that happens is like when you publish a new video, then of course that new video gets some priority while YouTube's testing it and all that. But then when you go live, it also gets a lot more priority because YouTube's trying to put your content, that live stream, in front of the people that are on YouTube right now that are likely to actually click in and come in and join and participate in your live stream. So uh, because of that, um, yeah, it, it, can, it can step on it a little bit from, from my experience. Yeah, one thing that I personally don't do um, is I, I I try not to. Every now and then I'll I'll like cross uh, I'll cross promote with like a, a community post, but I try to just publish like if I'm going to publish a video, I try not to live stream on that day. Right? I, I, I don't try. I just don't publish. I don't live stream on days that I publish, and I don't publish on days that I live stream um, for that reason. But keep in mind, like that temporary hit that you might've taken, um, that it's not gonna have an impact on the long-term performance of the video. Like if people were clicking on it and they're coming in and enjoying the video, that will continue to happen. Um, if, if, it, if it impacted you, it, it was just a minor lull just because that live stream got prioritized. All right. Everybody trying to get me to hydrate here. Okay, so while I'm hydrating, I'm actually going to... Uh, play a little jammy jam uh just to uh hydrate real quick and uh here you go we can all Give me a minute to get me a Joe I'll be getting my fix in my kitchen But look at the logo, the plug for the show Whoa. It don't matter the flavor, I'm gonna get haters A cup or a pot of the gold I just need you to hold for a little bit longer This song ain't a joke, it's a banger You know where you don't You will hang or you won't But this thing isn't stopping Till it's at the top And I go back upstairs, man I hope I don't drop it I know that it's hot It might seem one's enough But apparently not Take a cinnamon shot Mix it up on the spot just Give it a try You might like it a lot you need to hit the coffee Cup, feeling for caffeine. I need it in my mug. I need to hit the coffee maker, get another cup, feeling for caffeine. I need it in my muck. I need to hit the coffee maker, get another cup, feeling for caffeine. I need it in my muck. I need to hit. Put your mugs up here, put your cups up here, put your tumblers up here. Now drink it, drink it, cheers. Put your cups up here, put your mugs up here, put your tumblers up here. Now drink it, drink it. All right, so for those of you that see that on a regular basis, you may or may not have noticed, but that video is actually a nightmare. So, uh, so basically what happened is I nod off, right? Um, at the very beginning of the video is I nod off, and then I, I'm like, oh no, I'm out of coffee, but that happens like after I nod off, right? So basically the whole thing is I nod off. <laughs> uh, I nod off, and then when I nod off, then like when I come to in my dream state, then I'm like, oh no, I'm out of coffee, right? And then I have to go through this whole entire process. But then when uh when it comes back and then I like snap back to and then I look over and then like I still have coffee, right? So it's like not, you know, like it it wasn't really an emergency. <laughs> so that's kind of what was going on there. Oh super fun. Okay. So uh next up on our list here, hey, really quick. Um, let's see here so we got that one and hey jackie b uh thank you for the uh for the super sticker i appreciate it so uh let's see here so next up we've got uh okay we did that one already so number 37 so we got mid-south mid-south um, they do a group gaming channel. The goal of the channel is to connect Midwest and Southern culture through gaming. The question is, you mentioned earlier that in five months, you grew one hundred and fifty followers. We've had our channel just at six months, and we're almost hitting sixty subs. Outside of shorts, long firm, and joint videos, how can we grow and get more subscribers as you have? So really, it comes down to it comes down to fine-tuning things over time. So you know when when you first start, like this is a really important part of uh, you know being a content creator, is when you first start, um everybody wants to publish like their very first video and have that video just, you know, go to the moon, right? And where it's like, "Hey, I'm a YouTuber now, everything is going great. I'm in the partner program with like one or two videos and everything's just going awesome and everything's great." However, um most people start YouTube with like different skill sets and different understandings of how things work and different understandings of what good even is. So, because of that, what happens is content creators will get started and a lot of content creators, most, I would say, content creators are hit with the harsh reality that it's not as easy as they might have thought that it was going to be. So because of that, they have to start figuring out, like, okay, why isn't this working? Like, I thought that, you know, I would publish a video and then YouTube would show it to people and I would have people come in and they would respond, they'd subscribe to the channel and everything. But what really happens, is you publish videos and they're they're good to you, to our interpretation right so we edit a video and we publish a video and we come to a point while editing the video that we say to ourselves okay it's finished it's go- it's good it's finished i'm going to upload it to youtube now and at that moment in time it may or may not be good And as a new content creator, you may or may not be able to see that it is or is not good. And I know this sounds crazy, but hear me out. So one thing that I learned when I started designing stuff, and of course this applies to like YouTube too, but one thing that I learned when I started designing stuff is you can look at something and you can think like, hey, that looks nice, but you might not fully understand like why it looks nice until you start like learning how to design things and you understand like what goes into a design. Okay, well, it's the colors, it's the space around, you know, it's it, it's the colors, it's the white space, it's the structure of the actual design itself. It's, you know, the focus that you, you know, have in the design. It's the specific fonts that you have in the design. It's like all these different things and how they work together. But like when you look at something and you don't have that experience, it's just like, yeah, that, that that looks nice, right? But you don't really know. So if somebody shows you two different designs, you may or may not be able to say like, oh yeah, this is way better here, right? And and be accurate in comparison to somebody that that is actually trained in that thing, right? So when it comes to YouTube, it's similar to where a lot of content creators, and, and you know, like I've been doing this since 2014, and I've been like helping content creators specifically for like many years now as well. So what happens, it seems is that content creators will get started and when they get started what they see as like a good video in some cases it is and when it is those channels will usually start doing well like right out of the gate but in other cases it's good to like a point but they they need to learn a lot more and up their skill sets a bit in order to be able to turn it into something that is good from the perspective of like a lot of people, right? And because of that, what can happen is when you first get started, if you don't have those skill sets in place and you don't have that, I'm just going to call it like a vision for lack of a better way to say it, but just that way to be able to see something and be like, oh yeah, this definitely needs work and, and this needs work. This is where it's bad and this is what I need to go learn in order to fix this for a lot of people, it takes a long time to get it to that point, to where you're like, okay, um, uh, now I can see that like, oh yeah, I've just been completely blowing the whole beginning of my videos because I'm putting in all this stuff that nobody even cares about. It's all about me and how they can help me. But in reality, people are on YouTube to enjoy content, not to you know listen to me tell them to subscribe, not to listen to them, not to listen to me tell them to like something, not to listen to me you know, do all this other stuff they're on YouTube to enjoy content, right? So just like those types of understandings over time, and you, you can watch it happen. Like if you go and you look at a lot of like big channels, if you go and look at their first videos, now that YouTube has brought the oldest back, one of the things that you're going to see is a lot of people start out in your same situation to where, you know, to where they got a slow start, because they had to learn how to do all the stuff. They had to learn how to make better videos, they had to go through the process of learning, you know, what a good thumbnail actually is, and then learn how to actually make it. Um, so they had to just go through all these different processes. And because of that, you know, all YouTube channels, you know, not all, but most YouTube channels, when they start, they go through that growing period to where it's like, man, trying to get the ball rolling here. But what happens is once you do, and once you hit that point to where you're like, okay, I get it now. This is what I need to focus on when it comes to my thumbnails. And I tell you guys this stuff all the time, like, okay, just make it easy. Keep it simple have one clear point of focus, you know, like while you're getting started, have one clear point of focus. And the whole goal is to help people identify that the video is about something that they care about, right, that's the goal. But I'll go and look at channels, because I read my comments, I go and I'll open up YouTube channels, and just kind of look and see what you guys are doing. And like, I'll look at channels and I'm like, they they just watched this video on this and they left this comment here, but then the video that they published two hours ago, like they didn't do any of this stuff. Like they're, you know, they're not, they're not, you know, applying any of this stuff. And in some cases, I think it's just because, you know, it's just like, okay, well, hey, this is great, Nate, uh, this is, uh, I just saw uh, Nate's channel here, but it's like, hey, this is great, Nick, so uh, because of that, I'm going, uh, this is great information, Nick, so now I'm going to just go and continue doing what I was doing before, right? Like the big win with all of this stuff is is applying, like, because there's so much information. YouTube has free information to help you um, in terms of like, you know, the company, YouTube has free information to help you um, through like youtube.com slash creators, Google Help pages and all that. Um, uh, you have channels like mine. There's a bunch of them. You know that can help you out. Like all the information is there. What you have to do is you have to be able to take that information and interpret it, and then apply it to what it is that you're doing. And that application part is the hardest part for people. It seems like, um, for example, like um, uh, like there's people. That I've been watching their process for a long time. People that I've that I've literally, you know, hopped on like Twitter DMs or whatever with, and I'm like, "Look, this is what you need to do," blah blah, and they still don't do it. Um, one of the things that I used to do. On a regular basis, when I was you know first getting going, is um, is I would do channel reviews for people, and those channel reviews, it was like you know they would pay a certain amount of money, they would give me analytics access, and I would go in and I would tell them like, hey, this is exactly what you need to do. This is how people are responding to your videos. I would put together this whole presentation for them, um, really informative stuff, and I would give it to them. And like two percent of the people would actually do the things that I actually recommended that they did, and those like small amount of people that would do it. They would get, you know, they would they would start doing better, um, but the other people that they, they just wanted to keep doing what it was that they were doing. So the lesson there, you know, when you're when you're saying, hey, we um, had a channel six months and we're hitting sixty subscribers outside of shorts, long form, joint videos. How can we grow and get more subscribers? Work on your skill sets and work to answer this question for you. Work on your skill sets um, because when you get better at the skills, you're going to be able to see things differently because you'll have a better understanding of all of that. Two, work on understanding your audience better, and work on how to add as much value to that audience as you possibly can, and how to connect with that audience as much as you possibly can. Work on those things by themselves: skill sets, how to skill set, who it is that you're serving, and how you can serve them the best. If you work on those three things, then then your channel will do great over time. Um, but you know, for the channels that just keep doing the same thing and just hoping it'll work. It, they're probably going to be still sitting there spinning wheels, um, you know, this time next year as well. Like, you know, when when you're doing something, of course, everything takes a little bit of time to, you know, get rolling. But like, if, if if it's just like super slow, and it's it's been super slow for a long time, not in your case, I'm just saying for other people, super slow now been super slow for a long time. Um, you know, th- something needs to be modified somewhere. It could be the videos themselves, it could be how you're able to get those people to click, it could be your presentation, it could be the topics that you're choosing to make, it could be the relation of the topics to each other on the channel, Um, all kinds of different things. But the whole idea is like if you focus on your skill sets, focus on the audience that you're targeting and focus on serving that audience the best way that you possibly can. And of course, your understanding of YouTube um, and just how the whole thing works. So it's like, oh, well, that makes sense in terms of like now, if I can get people coming back and watching video after video, then that's going to show really good signals to YouTube that people are really enjoying my content because they keep coming back. And when they do, they binge watch a bunch of my videos. Therefore, some of the originating videos that brought them into the channel in the first place end up getting a lot more views because that particular video is not just collecting watch time from that one video but it's creating a cascade of watch time across a bunch of different videos like when you learn things like that it changes how you operate and how you think about everything that you're doing and everything that you're publishing so what I recommend to you, because you say again, um, just to keep everybody up to speed with the conversation here says the question was, you mentioned earlier that in five months, you grew to 150 subscribers, we've had our channel um, six months, and we're almost hitting 60 outside of shorts, long forms and joint videos, how can we grow and get more subscribers as you have. Um, so uh, the the message I'm trying to share there is like, just work on the skill sets, right, Work on the skill sets, work on serving your audience, um, and work on your understanding of YouTube. And you'll have moments where things will start to click. And you'll be like, Oh, God, that makes tons of sense now. And the funny thing is, is I'm going to guess when that happens, because this is happening to me right now in music too. So like, you know, I'm watching a bunch of tutorials on like music and stuff. So like, I'll watch something and I'll be like, oh my God, now that makes total sense. And then my brain will instantly pull up in my memory other YouTube videos that I've watched and where they've referenced this thing but I've just completely glossed over it because I didn't even like realize that I didn't understand what it was that they're referencing. So like somebody will say something it'll click and I'm like, "Oh my god, I understand that now." And then that'll cause like some of the other videos that I've watched to make a little bit more sense too. So like uh you know those types of things uh you know I don't even know where I was going with that, but just work on your skills. (laughs) Work on your skills serving your audience. Frost Titan says, hey, Nick, I hope you're having a great day. I am. I hope that you're having a great day as well. Um, So I have a question. Why does it feel like everyone is influenced by the numbers all the time? Every time someone asks about your channel, the first thing they ask is your subscriber count. Here's something interesting. So when you are, like when you start, when you start, and I'm not sure, I'm not sure how to say this. I'm actually going to look at your channel and this is going to give me an idea of who you're rolling with here. Okay. So one thing that you're going to notice, cause right now you're at 1.5,000 subscribers. So right now you are likely, um, and I don't know this, I don't know, you know, who, you know, and things like that, but likely you are swimming in a pool with a bunch of other people that are somewhere in that range, right? Maybe 10,000, you know, or under. So because of that, the first thing that people are like, you know, talking about, because it's what's on their mind, is like, oh, you have a YouTube channel, how many subscribers you have, right? But what will happen is at some point in time, as you know, you progress and your numbers get bigger, the numbers, even though yes, they're people, even though like, you know, even though all of that stuff, we all know that. I don't even have to say it. Um, as the numbers get bigger, you start to realize that the numbers aren't as important, right? So like for example, um, in your journey as a YouTube content creator, you're gonna run into people, like right now you have 1.5 thousand subscribers on your channel, you're gonna run into people that have 5,000 subscribers on their channel that are making $100,000 a year as a full-time content creator just based on the stuff that they're doing around their channel. And you're gonna be like, what's going on? And as soon as you learn that, then the subscriber count becomes irrelevant, right? So like when you are, like when you're getting started, you're thinking subscribers, growing my channel, getting more views, like you're thinking about all that stuff cause that's what you're trying to do. And because of that, the people that you're associating with are also doing that. So that's just part of the conversation. But when you go somewhere like VidSummit, for example, right? Cause you hear me talking about VidSummit right now cause we're ramping up to it, we got 87 days left. I got a link to VidSummit I think in the description. Um, if you're serious about YouTube, everybody should go to that. If you're serious about uh, being a content creator. But when you go to VidSummit, because most of the people there, they you know, have like bigger channels or they're at least serious enough that they're gonna put out money for a VidSummit ticket. So what happens is when you go someplace like VidSummit is the conversation of how many subscribers do you have? It doesn't even exist. Right when you go someplace like that, because everybody's operating, you know, in, in, in a different like headspace. Because there, people are like, okay, how do I turn this into a business? How do I make money from this? How do I, you know, change the world in some way from what it is that I'm doing? Um, and in some po- you know, how do I have some positive impact? Like that's the things that people are thinking about there. So when you're having conversations, the conversations are about those things, right? Like, oh, you know, oh, your email funnel, like, you know, what, you know, what do you have triggering what, and you know, what service are you using for this, and how are you managing your team that's handling this stuff and you know those sorts of things um even things like hey how do you get your you know how did you get your channel off of the ground and blah blah but in terms of like hey i'm nick how many subscribers do you have right like that it's not even part of the conversation because everybody there is a peer and, and it's like this too like uh we have a youtube meetup um here where i live and um it was, we actually had one last friday I didn't go to it but with that youtube meetup same thing there when i'm there me and the other big YouTubers that are there, cause some people that are there, um, there's one guy, he's got like a million subscribers. Um, Jesse was actually there uh, a couple weeks ago. He's got like 8 million. Um, uh, there's uh, uh, another channel there. He's got uh, like 270 something, I think. But those come up when it's like, hey, you know, what's the name of your channel? And then we, you know, everybody will just kind of pull them up and look at them. Um, but before that happens, nobody even says, like how many subscribers do you have, right? It's just more about like, hey, we're all here. Everybody's here to like learn about YouTube and just kind of network with other YouTubers and stuff. So I think the problem that you might be having, I'm not even going to call it a problem, but I think the thing that you might be dealing with is just that... The, the interactions that you're having you know, are just with other people that are right now are just focused on subscriber count. And, and I'm not saying that that's a bad thing. All I'm trying to express is that that's just where the headspace is, right? Because you're in that thing right now to where you're like, you know, hey, I'm trying to grow the channel, trying to get more views, trying to grow more subscribers, trying to get in the partner program, which you're already in. I'm trying to get in the partner program, trying to get a play button, trying to you know do all this stuff, which a lot of that is based around subscriber counts. So because of that, it's just in the conversation. But as you progress through time, it'll become less and less of the conversation. I mean, it'll come up, but it'll be it'll be less and less of the conversation um, because it's not the most important thing. So of course, you know, the, the subscriber count, you know, um, unlocks YouTube features. It gives you um, like the perception that others have of you when they're interacting with your channel and you have a larger subscriber count, like it's just different. Um, however, um, the subscriber count at the end of the day Um, It doesn't matter as much as like, okay, um, what kind of impact are you making with your YouTube channel? That's what matters. What kind of impact are you making from your YouTube channel? How are others benefiting from what it is that you're doing? Um, Are you able to support yourself with this? Are you able to support your family with this? Are you able to support like charities and things like that with this? Like, you know, what, like, there's way more important things to think about when it comes to growing a YouTube channel than just the subscriber count. That's what I'm trying to express. Now, easy for me to say, right? It's like, oh yeah, well, you know, you've got a big channel already. It hasn't always been that way, um, but I've always been focused for me on the value that I provide to other people through my content on this channel and the other channel that I did. Um, it's always been like, okay, how can I, you know, add value to people through this? Um, but then, because I started my YouTube channel because I wanted to collect email addresses, so another part of this. For me, has also always been like, how can I, how can I generate this as an income, so I can just do this all the time, right? This is, can be my job. <laughs> so, because of that, those have been the things that have been the most important to me. So, even through the whole journey, that's been my focus more so than like, okay, how many subscribers do I have? Don't get me wrong, I wanted a play button. I want a million subscribers. But with that said, I've already got a million subscribers on my YouTube channel. I've just lost over 350,000. So I've already crossed that milestone. As soon as I cross that milestone, I stop caring even though I don't have a gold play button anymore. I don't have a current public subscriber count of over a million, but I've crossed over a million subscribers on my YouTube channel. So I don't even care about that anymore. So if my monthly subscriber count drops to like 100, I don't care. I'll think that it's okay. This is a little bit weird. People must not be getting the value that I think they're getting, but like, I really, I really don't care what I care about is that the videos that I publish, they get a decent amount of views. And by decent, you know, 10,000, 20,000 over time, you know, 50,000, some videos getting a hundred, you know, plus. Um, but the thing that I care about is like, when I'm publishing a video, somebody just like when I'm live streaming here right now, somebody's going to watch that video and somebody is going to go, Oh my God, I never thought about that. And then that's going to change the the actions that they take. It might be one person per video, or maybe it takes 10 videos for one person to get that experience. But for me, that's what I'm trying to do. Um, so, you know, when it comes to the subscriber side, um, yeah, like, don't don't let that bother you too much. I mean, of course, you want those milestones. But um, but in terms of like that being the conversation and people kind of judging each other, like, oh, you've got 500 subscribers. Oh, you've got, you know, uh, 6,000. Another thing, let me tell you about subscriber count. Sorry, I'm kind of ranting here, but, I, you know, based on, you know, the question, I just want to kind of, you know, get this off of my uh, chest here. I'm just going to pin this up so people coming in know what we're talking about. Um, they don't think I'm just crazy here ranting. But uh, Melinda Elliott, thank you. Um, But basically, uh, uh, just for perspective, another thing that's going to change is like what the numbers actually mean. So, when I was at that 150 subscribers on my main or on this channel um, thing, and I started the other channel, and on that other channel I might have had like you know maybe 1,500 subscribers um, at that time. Somebody came into town that watched my. Um, all our questions channel they came into town and at that time they had i think it was like 6 thousand subscribers on their youtube channel and at that time is it six thousand or twelve thousand i think it was six but at that time i was like holy cow this is a huge youtube channel this is gigantic and I was like wow this you know this is like you know this is a big youtube channel and like you know we're hanging out i'm like you know just talking to them about their youtube channel and stuff blah blah but now I'm like, yeah, 6,000 subscribers. It's, that's a, it's a, it's a big channel. It is. But now that I've got, you know, almost 900,000, it's like, okay, well, that's not as big as it seemed at the time, right? It's still a lot of people, but you know, that perspective changes as you, you know, go through the process as well. So that whole conversation about, you know, the subscribers and, you know, all that stuff that'll all change, you know, as you progress through time. Um, I, I think the best thing that you can do is yeah, focus on subscribers so you can, you know, get that, you know, um, get get the milestones and all that stuff and get that kind of you know credibility or whatever that goes with it um, but you know what you should really focus on is like you know like your your view counts and the impact that you're making because without views you can't make the impact right but if you are like hey I'm you know i'm I'm you know I'm publishing these videos and people are like hey how many subscribers do you have? doesn't even matter. Um, But I've got, you know, X amount of views. And, um, you know, I've got these like three emails where these people reached out to me. And it wasn't just a comment where it said great video. But these, you know, three people reached out to me and they said, Hey, um, you know, I was, you know, watching this video that you made, and it made me start thinking of this in some other way. and, um, And I just wanted to shoot you an email and just say thanks. Or, an email where somebody says like, hey, um, you know, you answered one of my comments. Nobody's ever answered my comment on YouTube before. You helped me feel seen, whatever. And I just wanted to let you know that, you know, that it made a difference. Um, you know, those are the types of things that are really the most important in my opinion, um, compared to just, you know, just the uh just account. So pardon the like super long rant on that, but I just wanted to kind of, you know, add just a little bit of a different perspective. Um, on that because I know that that's, you know, I know that that's a, a, a thing. Um, so I just wanted to kind of share, you know, just through, through experience, you know, how that kind of changes over time. You know, it's, it's also weird too. Like, um, uh, it, it's weird that, Hey, Tiffany, what's going on? Um, it's also weird. Like when you are, Hey, Eileen, hope you're doing awesome. It's weird that, uh, um, also, like when you start surpassing channels that you had, like channels that you watched before you even started YouTube, surpassing them. So uh, uh, like one example of this is I had, and, and I'm not going to you know, call them out, but I had one channel that I actually used to watch to learn about YouTube. And he doesn't make videos anymore. He hasn't made videos for like a you know long time. He doesn't live stream or anything like that. He's just kind of went on with his own you know business um, that YouTube helped him you know kind of get off the ground. But um, uh, he was considering coming back onto YouTube, so he hit me up for consulting, which was like a really weird thing because at that point in time I'm like, holy cow, he's like hitting me up for consulting, and I like you know, and I was watching his videos to like learn how to you know do all this stuff anyway so we had this joke you know while we were working together and he was kind of you know deciding if he was going to do his channel or not um we had this joke going back and forth about like you know the student becoming the teacher and that kind of stuff and then you know the funny thing about youtube is because you know like he could start a channel today and then he could you know go to the moon and then like you know i could be hitting him up in like a year being like hey you know could you help me out with these shorts or help me out you know making my live streams better like whatever the thing and it can go the other way just as quick so uh so yeah it's just it's just a really interesting uh interesting thing so uh teacher kelly says why do you think you lost subs so yeah my total i haven't actually looked i'll actually look right now while you guys are uh are here but um last time i checked it was like three hundred and fifty thousand um subscribers that i had lost so give me a second to go into my advanced analytics here and, uh, and I'll find that for you. I'll tell you exactly where I'm at now. But in terms of why I lost them, um, first off, so people subscribe to YouTube channels, um, you know, um, for different reasons. Some people, you know, will unsubscribe just because they don't watch that type of content anymore. Those types of things. Um, however, with my type of content, um, my audience is extremely transient. So you know, the people that have been around for here for a long time, like um, like Eileen Smith, for example, um, you know, like her, she's seen you know, a lot of content creators like come and go, right? To where they come in and they're just not willing to, you know, modify what it is that they're doing. And because of that, they end up hitting this moment in time to where they're like, why am I doing this? Because it's not working, but it's not working because they're not willing to modify anything, right? So because of that, they'll just stop making videos. And for my type of content, if you suddenly stop making videos or YouTube doesn't work out for you, you're gonna unsubscribe because there's no reason for you to watch my videos anymore. So because of that, you know, people who have channels like mine or Anything like that, where they're where they're teaching people how to do something, teaching new people how to do something, um, you know, they they have a high uh, churn rate, so to speak, on uh, on subscribers. So let's see here. Let me go into subscribers lost. Let me change this to lifetime, and. Yeah, I'm at 375,000 subscribers lost now. Here, I'll actually share this with you. Let me make sure there's, okay. Yeah, I'll, sh- I'll share this with you here real quick so you can see it. Um, share screen, window, let's go to channel analytics. Boom, add to stream. So yeah, if you look right here, um, subscribers lost, I changed this to lifetime. So since September 4th of 2014 to now, um, my subscribers lost is uh, three hundred and seventy-five thousand one hundred and thirty-five. Ah, uh, crazy, absolutely crazy. So, uh, so yeah. But like uh, with this type of content, though, like that type of thing, uh, you know, it's 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 normal. Like I, I st- don't get me wrong. I, I still want the gold play button, but it's just not a priority anymore, like it used to be. So because of that, like I'm not in like in the past like when i was first getting like a play button and, and and like really trying to like accelerate things um like like i was literally doing everything i possibly could constantly experimenting with different calls to action and different way that i was doing things trying to get people to subscribe at higher rates and things like that but now i'm like hey i'm, I'm just going to make videos and if people enjoy them and they get value from them then those people that are interested they can subscribe without me trying to like you know convince people through, you know, the way that I say something or the way that I invite them to subscribe. But I go back and forth because like I said, I want that gold button. So uh, since I do want that gold button, because it'd look nice over there, um, uh, you know, sometimes I'll still, you know, throw in those types of calls to action and stuff. If I'm making a video that I think is perfect for somebody that hasn't seen my content before, then in that case, maybe I'll throw something in. But most of the time, I I don't even ask for it. I think in my last news video, I asked for subscribers um, on that particular one. Um uh but I but most of the time I don't. Let's see here. Okay. So next up on our list here, um we've got uh let's see here, mid-south. I think I did this one already. Okay, yeah, we did that one. That's okay. So next up um we've got Build with Mooney, build with Mooney. Um, they do woodworking and building content. The goal of the channel is to share, teach, and pass on information in retirement. The question is I'm growing my channel with shorts right now and it seems to be working, but I can um, but I can tell you it feels like every subscriber is truly earned. Question. It seems I can measure my success with a video based on the number of trolls that chime in. Is this always the case? It can be. Yeah. So like uh, you know, if you're if you're publishing content that is uh, controversial in nature in any way, then yeah. So like you, since you uh, teach and pass on information, you know, I'll know you're doing woodworking and building. So yeah, like in that case, you know, every, every way that you do something, you're probably going to have somebody in your comment section that thinks that they can do it better or that they thinks that the way that they're doing it, you know, is more efficient or think like, hey, the way that you cut that joint is wrong. Um, and you know, this is what you should have done instead. Yeah, I'm sure you're probably going to get tons of that. But yeah, like, you know, that's a win. Um, you know, like people measure all kinds of different stuff. So you know, for some people, um, and this is important for everybody here to think about too, like, what is your measure of success going to be, you know, like for you, is it going to be like, okay, I'm, is it a subscriber milestone? Is it that you're going to be able to, you know, support your family off of your channel? Is it that you're going to hit a certain consistent view count? Is it that you're going to hit like a certain, you know, view duration on your videos? Is it simply that, Hey, my first step of success is just learning how to, you know, upload consistently to where I'm just uploading on a regular basis. Like, you know, what, what, what is your success? You know, how are you going to define it? Um, um, I think for content creators that are getting started um, and people with experience, um, I think that you know understanding like what you define as, as success is really important because it's super easy to get caught up in like just focusing on like views and subscribers, um, and in some cases, you know that might not be the most important thing. Um, so because of that, what like for you, you know, if you're watching this right now, just put in the chat right now. Like, what, what are you? I'm going to read some of these. Like, what, what are you going to use? as your marker of of success. So we got one says, I have no idea. That's cool. Yeah, that, that, no problem at all. You know, like uh, you, uh, just keep in mind, like it's important to have those types of things. So like, so you can know when you've made it, so to speak. Um, let's see. <laughs> nice. iCast Enterprises says on that type of channel you don't have trolls, you have termites. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, you should call them termites. Uh uh Build with Mooney. Yeah, you should call the trolls termites. That's awesome. I love that. Uh let's see here. Still baffles me the people. Yeah, me too. Um still creating and uploading that is my measure of success. That's good. That's good. My milestone is consistent revenue. I don't want the money, but I understand that I need it um so that I don't have to find another job that will take time away from making videos from Hammy and Sammy. Totally. Love it! A thousand subs for ambitious nude game, noob gaming, getting monetized for uh, trans, uh, transforming transformer toys. Let me tell you something. For those of you that are a million lives saved, I love that. Millions of uh, subs and views, Lambos and real estate. Let's go! Hey, nothing wrong with that. You know, like there's absolutely nothing wrong with that at all. Like there's nothing wrong with like wanting you know material things either. You know, like I, I have no judgment on like you know, some people, when people are like, yeah, I want to be famous on YouTube. Some people are like, Oh geez me. I'm like, go get it. Right. Like, like, you know, it's your life. You get one shot, like, uh, you know, go, uh, you know, go, go do whatever it is that you want to do. If it's becoming famous on YouTube, figure it out. Um, let's see here. Why I thought that I could do this full time, but now rethinking that. Don't rethink it. Like, you know, you can. It's just it's just figuring out, you know, it's figuring out how to do it. Like if I can do this, if like, you know, millions of other content creators can do this full-time, you can too. It's it's just figuring out, you know, it's figuring out how to do it. Hitting 1000 subs and growing my Discord membership as a result. Nice. Nice. When I help uh, someone with a trip. Awesome. Awesome. Decent views and feedback and comments. That one was from a girl in her passport helping somebody with a trip. 1,000 subscribers and 5,000 watch hours quarterly, um, views short-term get a thousand, um, subs and 4,000 hours of watch time. Let me tell you something for those of you that are, um, that are wanting to like, you know, do this as a, um, you know, like a full-time thing. Let me tell you how amazing it is. Um, just from, you know, experience. Let me, let me tell you how amazing it is when you get to the point to where, um, like For the most part since i've been 19 in one form or another i've i've been working for myself either as like a subcontractor in some cases or you know as my own business um but because of that it's it's given me a lot of like freedom for this type of thing i'm getting ready to say but youtube specifically um it's amazing because for the type of content that i make and for what it is that i do like i can literally like like it's amazing to just like wake up and be able to spend like the whole day in like your pajama pants if you want right like it, it it's just it's just a great feeling, and I could do that for a week if I wanted to, <laughs> right like it's uh yeah it's, it's just an amazing uh, it's an amazing feeling, and I hope that uh you know if that's something that you want, I hope that you put in the work to uh to figure it out. Um, let's see here. I want to start streaming more on YouTube. Does YouTube treat streaming the same as videos when it comes to promoting? So, um, with live streaming? Yeah, it does. So, uh, when you are streaming, then it gets priority. So like, you can see that sometimes, like, for example, um, if you're live streaming, you optimize the stream around a search term, um, and it's real common that you can actually go there depending on how competitive the term is. And you can actually see your live stream popping up like right there in search, even though it's something that's happening in the moment. Um, so live streams definitely do get, you know, some type of priority. But in terms of uh, long term performance, long term live streams can also, you know, do very well um, on YouTube. So, you know, I've got some of my um, like shorter live streams, my new streams that have gotten a lot of views on them. Roberto Blake, he's got like a whole stack of live streams. He's got um, I don't know how many, but I would say at least 10 live streams that are like three hours plus long with over like 100,000 views on them. So like live streams, as long as people, the same rule always applies. doesn't matter if it's a live stream. It doesn't matter if it's a YouTube short. It doesn't matter if it's a piece of video content. As long as people respond well to it, um, then it'll, it'll keep getting shown to people. And as long as people continue to respond well, it'll keep getting shown to people. Someone told me that they changed what island they went to on their holiday because of me. Isn't that awesome? Like, uh, one of the things that I think is cool about that is, you know, like, you because of you and the content that you decided to make, somebody or a couple adjusted their travel plans based on your recommendations and the experiences that they got to share and that they'll talk about for the rest of their lives and that they have photos and possibly videos to document for the experiences that they had based on your recommendation comes from you deciding that like hey i'm going to make this video um recommending you know these specific things that people do or recommending that they go here instead of here or whatever like it's just incredible to me the Uh, And I've always, this is like one of the things that really got me hooked in YouTube is this fascination with like this thing that we're talking about right now is, you know, because you went through the process of thinking like, okay, one, I'm going to start a YouTube channel two As you're going along that journey, then you're like, okay, well, I'm going to make a video on this specific thing. People watch that video and then inside of their brains from interacting with your content, they made a conscious life decision based on on your recommendation. And that recommendation could have you know made their trip and made it where they're like, wow, this is the best trip we've ever had in our entire lives. And because of that, they'll remember that you gave them the recommendation, but two, the impact that you had on them could also cause a chain reaction of people that they know also being like, hey, you know, I'm just gonna go here and they'll be like, hey, check out her channel. And, or they might say, oh, hey, you don't want to go there. You want to go here instead. We had an amazing time, right? So like not only are you impacting them, but because of the experience that they had from your recommendation, that is going to ripple through any recommendations that they have. Like for me, that scale of impact is one of the things that just fascinates me about YouTube. Like um, the woodworking channel here, Build with Mooney, same exact thing. Teaching people how to do woodwork, like he's creating... Opportunity. they are creating opportunities here for people to like level up their skills, right? To be able to be self-sufficient, like making stuff and possibly also creating memories there as well from, you know, like maybe, you know, like, uh, you know, parents and kids working together, building stuff and, you know, things like that. Like, you know, like you can have the most like amazing content or more mundane content, and either way, like, uh, you know, when people are interacting with it, you can cause a ripple in humanity. Yeah, it's crazy. Absolutely crazy. Like, I sound like a crazy person. I I, I think I sound like a crazy person, you know, saying all that, but, uh, but, but I, I'm just amazed by it. I mean, I think it's incredible. And I think it's an amazing part of, uh, I think it's an amazing part of YouTube that we, you know, get that opportunity to impact people in that way um man about tech viper what's up dude hope you are doing fantastic welcome to the stream i don't have my uh sound effects in here i'm having a tr- i'm having trouble updating my uh roadcaster pro 2 so i don't I'm, i haven't been able to put any of my uh my uh sound effects in here what's going on Rezy? is this Rezy Resells? oh no it's not so what's going on Rezy? hope you're doing good anyway viper man about tech looking forward to seeing you at vid summit my dude as always You know, another thing too, like, um, you know, sometimes when it comes to these live streams, sometimes people watch them that, um, are not YouTube creators yet. So, you know, one thing that I, that I, you know, for those of you that are not YouTube creators yet, like if you're already a creator and you're getting any type of activity on your videos, if you're getting 10 views a video, people are being impacted by what it is that you're doing. Um, if you're somebody that is thinking about starting a YouTube channel, but you haven't yet. Just think about that think about that impact that you know that you can be making on other people that can positively help lead people in 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 better directions you know like one of the things like i've i've considered i'm just not sure how to actually put it all together um but i've considered like trying to start like a group of some kind of like a creators for good or like something like that where it's basically just like content creators who make a commitment to try to share like positive messages and things like that in their videos, um, for the sake of just trying to you know just improve you know things and improve you know people's mindsets and improve you know the way people are seeing the world right now and like those types of things. Um, I've considered you know putting something like that together. I'm just not sure exactly how to navigate it yet, but it's it's in there. I just got to you know work it out. <laughs> but uh, but I think something like that would be really uh, really cool to where it's basically just people coming in and sharing their wins, sharing emails that they get on like you know the impact they've made and stuff like that and basically building the whole thing around like you know creators making a positive impact um, in the world i think that would be really cool um let's see here so yeah you gotta say that sounds great we've got i've uh, achieved uh incredible settlements in legal cases just knowing that the client is so happy makes my day i retired from government work and now i want to share nice love it Um, science based fitness. Thanks for the super chat says, um, any word on when AB testing will go live? Um, some creators have it right now. Um, I had the opportunity to test it as well. Um, but it's not fully rolled out yet. I think it's going live, like fully to everybody. Um, or at least within certain like milestones. Um, I think that's going to happen, um, in 2024. So, um, I mean, it'll be here before we know it. Um, Demondro says, I think YouTube will end mainstream media. What do you think about that? I think it already has. I think it already has. Not just YouTube, but just streaming in general. So I think it already has. So, uh, you know, like with with Netflix and Hulu and Amazon and like all that stuff, the only reason that people even need TV anymore is to watch the news. And, and you can get news on like YouTube and stuff like that, but there's no other reason to watch TV. Um, so local news or international news or, or local news – Nation nationwide news or international news. Outside of that, there's no real reason to watch TV. You can find sports streaming. You can find all your TV shows streaming. You can find all of your movies streaming, and it's all on demand as you need it. There's no reason to actually plug into TV. Even with news, you have, uh, you know, you can go to YouTube and you can catch up on the news. Like you don't even have to, you know, catch that in real time. Like I think that it's already ended uh, mainstream mainstream media. Now, the thing that I do think is different there. Is that with mainstream media they have moved onto the internet. So because of that, and because they know how to keep people interesting, I mean they've been doing this since the invent of uh, you know mainstream media. So, because of that, they know what it takes to get people to respond to stuff. They have the budgets for it and all that. They, you know, they they know what talent looks like, um, so that they can put the right people in front of the cameras and stuff like that. So, because of that, they've you know they've moved on to you know the internet. Um, but in terms of like mainstream media, as we you know knew it of the past, yeah, I think I think it's already over. It's just, you know, older people that have just built, you know, that, that have had that habit, um, and they just, you know, sit around and watch TV and watch like, you know, daytime talk shows and like stuff like that. Yeah. Those people like, as, you know, as, you know, uh, you know, as those people, you know, lack of a better way to say it, die off. Um, and, you know, and like what's going to happen there is as they go, then that whole thing's, you know, gonna go just go right along with them. Cause they're the only thing, um, keeping, keeping that whole thing alive um david matney thank you for the super chat man says um nick your content has helped improve my content which just help people moving to my area buy or sell a home thanks that's awesome absolutely awesome yeah my my pleasure i'm glad that you've gotten um i'm glad that you've gotten uh, value here i'm looking forward to meet you at uh at vid summit i'm excited that you're that you're going yeah chantelle streams her news over uh over in australia Yeah. Good stuff. So, um, so, okay. So, um, Hey, Rich Graham, thank you um, for that. I appreciate the uh, kind words there. Thanks for your support for 20 months. So um, I want to let everybody know um, really quick also if you're hanging out in the stream. So for those of you that were watching um, Channel Makers, um, just in case you didn't know, um, Nate started a new YouTube channel that's all his. Um, So basically when he severed the corn, the corn, (laughs) when he shucked the corn uh, over there, now he uh, has his own uh, YouTube channel that he's, you know, it's all him. Um, I just put a link to it right here in the uh, chat. So make sure that you go and you, you know, if you're somebody that watches Nate, make sure that you go and you subscribe to his new channel, because um, I'm guessing he's going to come in pretty strong um, over there. So make sure that you uh, check that out if you haven't already. And Roberto Blake says, I'm glad that YouTube has cracked down on ad blockers. Next, I hope Google bans um, that and sponsor block from the ad store. I do too. Yeah, like um, I, I definitely, I'm definitely happy that YouTube is blocking ad blockers, and I hope they get more efficient at it because if they can, then creators, all creators, will make more money. So, uh, so yeah, so I hope they uh, they get better at that too. Um, let's see here. So we've got okay. So um, on that note, I do want to let everybody know here. So um, my brother and Daniel Batal, they are doing free live channel reviews. For YouTube content creators, um, and they do it kind of like a game show. And basically, how it works is you just say a word in the comments, and then um, uh, when you win, uh, basically, you know, it just randomly picks people out of the chat. And then when the system picks people out of the chat, and you, you know, get picked, then you have this like spin wheel thing. And then with that spin wheel, uh, it it isolates a thing to look at and give you feedback on your YouTube channel. Super cool stream that they do. Um, really creative, um, but they do it like a game show. But it also adds value to you as a YouTuber. So I'm going to drop a link here to that stream. But also, as soon as I hit the end broadcast button here, um, it's going to just send you over there um, anyway, so that you can go over there and hang out and, you know, and, and just kind of continue the vibe uh, for the day. So um, thank you, everybody, so much for hanging out in the stream today. I hope that you learned something. Um, make sure, of course, to check out the sponsors. I've got everything linked up down in the video description. Um, and there's also other, you know, helpful tools. Roberto, Blake, thanks for hanging out here. Um, everybody else also, you know, thanks for hanging out here. Renee, if you're still here, thank you. Um, channel members, everybody, you know, everybody, thanks for uh, hanging out. Hope you got some type of value from the stream today. Have an awesome rest of your weekend and I will see you next time.